Welcome to Red River Podcast, episode number 54. Um, the first one uh, of this kind. <laughs> Maybe we're going to do a few more like this. But um, uh, So today, we are all by ourselves, and uh, I called up Brian Parker. What's going on? Hey, hey man. How are you? I'm all right. You know, just uh, doing what everyone else is doing, which is... Uh, Sitting at home, staring at a wall, watching TV, eating brownies. Yeah, it's pretty fucking crazy, I got to tell you. Um, so, you know, I just wanted to touch base with everyone. And uh, you know what's fucked up? Like, you had a kid. Like, you yeah. you had a son. And then th- yeah. this shit happens. Like, how crazy has it been, like, adjusting to the, the COVID shit and then also being yeah. like, a first-time father? Well, it's, it's funny because like, so, so she has the kid, she had the kid early, probably, I think it was like a week or like 10 days early or whatever. And, uh, so, you know, so we're at the hospital, I think we were at the hospital for about three days and then like we come home and, you know, I took off, you know, the following two weeks, like I I don't get maternity leave or any of that stuff. She's actually still on maternity leave. And, uh, you know, so I go back to, uh, I go back to work after two weeks and, you know, we're taking like two hour shifts cause the kid's, you know, crying and he's got to eat and he's got to get changed and yada, yada, yada. So then I go back and, uh, you know, then her appendix winds up like it didn't rupture, but it had to come out. So then like after going back to work, I had to go out again for like an additional two weeks because she couldn't even like hold the kid she couldn't feed the kid anything is that so normal? i stayed home for like a that- uh it's not normal but it, it it does happen to people like a few times like a year after childbirth okay I- and then uh so then i then i went back to work after that you know again and then you know the kids started getting on like a like a somewhat like a pretty he's on a pretty good sleep schedule now and then like this thing broke out and I was just like what the fuck it's like one thing right after another you know when did it uh the only thing I remember about appendix is I think maybe like different strokes like somebody needed their appendix taken out and, oh yeah 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 <laughs> and like when I was a kid the two things that like scared me the most was that because I didn't know what it was and uh your tonsils. Cause I was like, yes, I, was yeah. like I was like, wait, you're gonna go to the, the wherever they take you, and they're gonna take your tonsils out. And I'd always stare at it. And yeah, <laughs> the only good thing with that though was like unlimited ice cream. So I was like, all right, take those fuckers out of that. I don't even fucking care. Did you get yours? Uh, out? Give me the fucking ice cream. I never got. Mine. No, no, no. I mean, I, I, yeah, I still got that. I still got the, the. I mean, the crazy thing with with the appendix is like she she was just having like like a pain to her side and like they she called the doctor and the doctor was just like oh yeah he's like just like take like two tylenol and put like a heating pad on it and go to sleep and then uh you know the next day she's just like something's wrong she's like we gotta go back in the hospital so then we went back in and you know they did a sonogram and everything and they were like yeah they're like that thing's got to come out and she's just like are you fucking kidding me like i just had a fucking c-section like i'm not even healed from it 
Like the doctor even said that he could not even heal from this thing yet. So it, it was yeah, it was bad. So what's it like having a kid? Yeah, it's cra- it's crazy. I mean, uh, like when he first came home, I mean, it, it is it's it's almost like like I kind of said it was kind of like a bowl of mashed potatoes. Like the kid just like just like sits there and there was no like emotion or like anything. And it's honestly he just like sleeps and eats and shits just like everybody says but probably about like probably about like six weeks ago he started like um you know understanding people's voices and like picking up on voices and now like he smiles and he laughs like it's it's pretty fucking cool now so like when this thing first like broke out i was just like oh my god like i gotta be home and this is boring and this and that but like (laughs) i honestly think like it's a like i honestly think it's like a blessing in disguise So, so now like I literally get to be like, I guess like the fucking housewife and like watch my kid like grow up for like however long we're going to be home with this shit. So it's pretty fucking cool. Uh, you know, hopefully another two months. I mean, I, yeah. Hey, Hey, you know, whatever, whatever it is. I mean, like I'm, you know, you know, my, my job, you know, they understand me, you know, like with the kid and obviously they were just like, look, like you should stay home because like the kid has like no immune system. So, I mean, the thing with me is like, you know, I've been like, I've been the one like going to like, you know, food shopping and CBS and like all, you know, pretty much whenever I got to go anywhere. And like, there's still people out there. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like I was one of those assholes when this thing first started, I was just like, Oh, like two weeks, it's going to be gone. And then like, it wasn't gone. And now like, I've been home for like a month and like, there's still people walking around out there with like no masks, like no gloves, like shaking their head at people that are like keeping their distance. I mean, like I was food shopping, Friday and like the place pretty much almost got shut down because people were too close to each other and somebody actually called the fire department to like step in and like shut the place down like it's fucking crazy. Yeah, we we've been we've been getting um like uh deliveries like from stop and shop. Yeah, no, that's smart. That's smart, you know. Well, it, um it ain't for me like, you know, Karen's just super precautious um and yeah yeah absolutely i was i was the other way like when i first had to wear a mask i was just like you're wear- making me wear a mask you know yeah yeah and now you know as time goes on you put on the news you're like oh shit you're like maybe this is actually kind of a big deal and and as time went on it just kept getting more more of a big deal like the fucking the bass player and songwriter of the of fountains of wayne died like so many people yeah like, yeah affected and uh so i know we wanted to do an episode like the first idea was to talk about invasion usa right and we were just like, which i which i was all fucking about man i did i did i did more research on that movie like when we <laughs> talked about it than i ever have and i was like man there's some like like i i, I delved deep into like the production staff and shit i was like man there's some like fucking heavy hitters that did like the makeup and the sound and the soundtrack. So like whenever we do that, like I'm fucking ready to go, man. Yeah. I think we should. It's just one of those things is like, it, it, it like, um, you know, spitballing ideas. Cause in my head I'm thinking, like, yeah. oh, it's, it's just not the same. We're not in the same room. We're not staring yeah, at each yeah. other. Um, so when I thought to myself, I'm like, we're having such a hard time finding this movie online that if we do, yeah. if we do an episode on it. It's like, people are going to be like, Oh, I've never seen that one. Um, I'm going to go try to watch it and you can, unless you have like stars or whatever, but, Yeah, you know, whatever it's, it's an idea to, to basically have, I just can't believe that <laughs> you can't fucking, there's no stream. Like you can't rent it. You can, you know, it's just, I know, I, know. <laughs> yeah, I tried to upload it to YouTube and it wouldn't let me for whatever reason. So 
Yeah. You got just got to invite like, you know, a hundred people over and we'll talk about the movie. That's it, man. They're like <laughs> the, the biggest horror hang like of all time, but it's like a Chuck Norris hang or something. Yeah. And, Cause I mean, that is his best movie. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, that, that and Delta Force. I, I would probably say that Delta Force. And I actually take Mich- Missing in Action 2 over Missing in Action 1. Don't ask me why, but I do. No, no, you're right. Because the first one isn't really that good. And the third one is just a mess. And I think the second, yeah, yeah. Right, the second one's really good. Like, so Stars Encore has been playing a lot of that stuff. Um, yeah. And they played Delta Force like a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I don't know if, if Sarah does this to you, but I'm like, <laughs> maybe she's used to it by now. But like, I'm like trying to explain to Karen why this movie's so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Forget about it. Well, I mean, even even like today, like like I said, like I brought over like more rats and like dead snow to like watch for like Easter. And she's just like, neither of these are Easter movies. And I'm like, but it says so on fucking Wikipedia, man. So it's gotta be true if it's on Wikipedia. Right. So that's what you, that's what you picked. Uh, you know, the, the mall rat scene is great. Um, yeah. And, and what I love about it now is like the handshaking of, uh, oh, know, this, so great. Yeah. Because you, like now, I guess like we're never going to be shaking hands ever again, but when you, yeah. you know, yeah. that, that scene licking like the fucking chocolate off the fingers. Yep. Yep. And uh, so Dead Snow, you, do you like the first one over the second one? I, I, but truthfully, I've never seen the second one, and I heard that it's great, but I, I love the first one. Okay, yeah, because once you see the second one, you're, you're going to never watch the first one again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Like, it's it's everything that you would ever want. Like, I guess Dead Snow, being that it was, like, Norwegian or whatever language it was in, was so popular um that the second one they made an english version and uh oh okay they like it's not dubbed at all but i'm sure they they have one in their home state yeah, or yeah. home country but yeah it's, that's why it's called red versus dead and it's un- oh okay gotcha it's unreal it's like it's it's basically like dead alive it's just like bat oh okay that's awesome bat shit crazy so do you miss yeah, i love it do you miss uh band practice yeah, I mean it's I mean it's crazy because like, you know, everybody like I'm just I'm just not working. Like I I can't work from home like what my computer all day like they don't have like, you know, like apps or anything for like a laptop. So like I've just been like fucking like, you know, twiddling my thumbs, but like the rest of the band's been working and like Jeff, you know, the fact that he's like, you know, he's like a family medicine doctor, my singer, like it's, but it's gotten so bad now that like sometimes he does have to go to the hospital and like work. So, I mean, it's it just, it's fucking crazy. But I mean, I think that I've, I think I've played my drums like three times, like since we had this kid. So, yeah, you know, like I, I was telling somebody the other day, um, you know, cause some people seem to be very creative in this time. And it's like, I feel like my life just like everyone else's life, like we're on pause. Like I don't feel inspired. Yeah. I don't feel like no. I feel like I want this to. I feel like I want. I want the carousel to start moving or again before. Like I. I'm just like I'm not sitting at home thinking like oh now I have all this time to fucking write music and do this. Like I'm just like yeah. I'm like just not inspired. Like I. I didn't want to. No. Do, I didn't want to do a podcast. I didn't want to. Yeah. Like do anything. I'm like yo, just start this engine up again. Because I, fu- yeah. I find myself like I'm very, I like a frantic schedule and that's how I, I f- yeah. feel, you know, I feel like I thrive more on, on, on just bouncing around different things. So, 
Um, but some people are using it and they're, they're doing a lot of cool stuff, man. Like, I don't know if you've seen like the, all like the quarantine videos of like bands like Baroness. Yeah. Or, how do they yep, do that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'd be, I'd be fucking losing my mind. Like I can't even like think straight right now, you know? Yeah. Our drummer was just like the only one that seems to not be living during a pandemic because he like in the thread he's like I still don't know why we're not practicing and I'm just like oh like all three. <laughs> and I I respect that and in my head I'm yeah, thinking yeah. like but I'm thinking like if I didn't have anyone to come home to I would have that same th- oh yeah thinking. yeah I would be like oh yeah whatever you know m- more than likely it's not about me like I told him it's it's just about like what we might that 1% chance that we would bring something home to someone else yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's so crazy, like, with us, like, we're, like, when I go food shopping, like, I'm literally leaving the shit, like, outside, and then, like, we both go out there with, like, fucking Clorox wipes yep. and just, like, disinfect everything before it even comes into the house, you know? That's what we've been doing. We, we like, whenever we get something, like, we're, like, uh, you know, she wipes it and I put it away. Like, it's, like, this <laughs> this team, and it's so crazy. But, I, you know what? I finally got my, my skull mask, so now I feel... Like if I'm gonna wear a mask and shit, like at least uh, it, it'll have a skull on it, so I feel kind of cooler. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's it. But what, what have you been watching? Anything interesting while you've been holed up? Actually, now your phone's starting to break up. I heard like every other word. Oh, okay. I, what have you been watching in this time? Oh, there we go. That's better. Um, Jesus. I mean, like TV show wise. Uh, I've been doing like pretty much everything is like ending soon. So I've been doing like Homeland uh, on Showtime. That's ending soon. I've been still doing Better Call Saul uh, on FX. I finished Ozark, which was fucking amazing. That fucking ending so, was like amazing. Okay. So that to me, that best season so far, right? Yeah. I mean, it's funny because when that, when the brother came in, I was like, I can't fucking stand this guy. And like, by the end, I was just like, I fucking love this guy, man. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he took a minute. Cause I was like, ah, they're, yeah. they're crowbarring him in. Um, yeah. And, uh, man, it was just a very tense season. And, oh uh, yeah, definitely. I, it definitely best season so far. And obviously I'm not going to give spoilers, but gr- yeah. gl- glad to see, you know, run the jewels at that very last scene yeah. at the very ending. So, uh, anything yeah. else? And then I went, I went back to, uh, Fargo actually too, because like, I was just like, well, I'm going to need fucking something with a few seasons when these things end. And I, I remembered I had started watching it. I remembered that I really liked it. So I went back to it and like, now I'm like, now I'm like into it. I think I'm up like se- uh, episode six or something on the first season. Yeah. So what, I'm like what, really digging that. What do you think people like about it? Cause I, everyone, I, I've seen the movie obviously. And, and obviously you know, it can't be this, the same plot, but what what are you enjoying about Fargo that would make someone like me watch it? I I mean if you I mean it it has certain elements of the movie like I I love the movie it took like a while to get used to because like you know the accents and yeah, the yeah. fucking dochia nose and like <laughs> all that shit I mean that's that's in that's in the show like there's different I, I mean like the main guy is like. It's not William H. Macy, but, like, it is William H. Macy. He's, like, you know, kind of like the pussy, like, husband who the wife kind of, you know, and then there's, like, a guy that's got the money, which was, like, the father-in-law in in the movie. But, like, there are a couple scenes in the TV show that link the movie in. Okay. 
So, like, if you watch it, you're just like, holy fuck. You know, stuff that, like, they did in the movie that they never, like, explained. So it's just kind of like it happened, then the TV show picked up, and then that answered it. Yeah, I just wonder, you know, where it goes from there, because there's a whole bunch of seasons. So obviously yeah. the storyline has to... But yeah, I mean, I'm only up to, like I said, episode six, but, like, Billy Bob Thornton is fucking amazing in it, so... Amazing. So much to yeah. watch, man. That's the one thing, like, yeah. I tell people... If if this shit happened twenty years ago, we'd be like digging up. Oh, forget about it. <laughs> we'd be digging up VHS. We'd be watching Airheads. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd be fucking knocking over like mom and pop video stores, you know. <laughs> be watching Airheads and Clueless like twenty times in a row. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, anything else? Any any good movies? Uh, but funny enough, I've actually been diving into like uh, a lot of like A twenty four shit. Oh, okay. Like what? Um, I watched, uh, uncut gems, which I oh. fucking loved. Like How? you, t- you talk about it, you talk about like anxiety, like my ang- fucking anxiety for that whole movie. I was like, holy shit. How good was that fucking movie? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just, I, so, I mean, I saw it in the theaters and the same, it, like, I just, I, it was like two hours and 15 minutes of just anxiety. It was like a pressure yeah. cooker. <laughs> yeah. Did you yeah. watch, did, so, I mean, I, did you watch their other movie? Good time. I did, yeah. Well, that I had seen before. Okay, good, good. That that one I had seen before. So then I did, uh, then I did Spring Breakers, which was oh my god, like it was just like terrible, just like a dirt. I just felt like dirty, like watching that movie. I was just like, holy shit, this is just like gross. I mean, don't get me wrong, like I loved it, you, but I just felt like dirty. You know who made the movie? Harmony Kareen. Oh yeah, yeah. So the guy who made like you know uh, who wrote kids and uh gummo and all all those weird movies that's, okay that's... so that would that would make sense then you know yeah it visually that movie w- was really cool and it was very artsy um but yeah. yeah like it just i saw it in the theaters and by the end i was like this movie is so terrible <laughs> yeah yeah it's just like yeah it's just like a dirty like fucking um then i did i did mid 90s i really fucking like that i gotta watch that that was really good. Um, Hot Summer Nights was really good. I liked that. Um, Under the Silver Lake, I oh, liked. I how, watched that. Okay, so you finally caught up to this. You know we've been talking about this movie for like the last few episodes now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I tell everyone the same thing. Never has a movie been about so much and nothing at the same time that like like if you told if anyone watched that movie and they told me that they hated it and a lot of people did, I get it. But for some reason, I like Karen hated it, but I watched yeah. it and I thought I was just entertained. I thought this movie, the movie was so ridiculous. It was like Alice in Wonderland meets the Big Lebowski. Yeah. Like completely. Yeah. Just- I mean, I, I, I love that guy. I forget the, the actor's name, and, but like, I it, thought that he was great in like that. Uh, yeah. in the, in the, uh, in the Facebook movie, I thought he was great in that. So like going into this, I thought he was good, you know, Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. All right, yeah, that's awesome. Sorry. Yeah, and then uh, and then Disaster Artist. I finally watched that two days ago, and I was fucking blown away. I was, was fucking it? laughing my ass off. Okay, so that was one of my favorite movies of whatever list we did. Um, I can't say enough about that movie because it's it, no. It's, I mean, oh my god, Franco was fucking amazing in that. I was, I loved it, and his brother was so good in it. Yeah. Yep, yep. And, and great soundtrack too. I was loving it. But it was it's so amazing because this it's a movie about this movie that's so bad, but the yeah. story is so compelling, so fascinating. 
Um, I saw I saw it like three times, and it was just so man, just what a great concept and idea. And uh, you kind yeah. of yeah, uh, and just the fact that they don't know where the money came from or like any of that still is fucking great. You know, genius, love it. So yeah, um, cool man. Anything else you want to say? Yeah. Nah, that's pretty much it, man. Just fucking, who's ever fucking listening, just fucking stay safe out there. That's the fucking main thing till this fucking bullshit ends, you know? Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll see you in the pit. <laughs> yeah, something, we'll, something, we'll, you know? We'll, we'll see you at the Beery's pit for Anoint the Sick. That's it, man. Something, <laughs> hopefully something. I mean, we had a show booked, like I said, in June, our one show of the year, and fucking Brendan reached out to me. And uh, he's like, yeah, man. He's like, I don't think that that fucking show's happening. So fucking, we were gonna play with fucking Adams Adams, which I was looking forward to, you know. Yeah, man. Yeah, we same thing. I mean, we were, we were, we, uh, we got the video out of the way, which was cool. Um, yes, yeah. So uh, you would, you would have made a great cop, but still. <laughs> you know. I know. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, I had a freaking, I had a baby shower that day, so. Um, and but I, I was going in to finish the vocals on our new record. And, uh, you know, our, our engineer, Jerry Farley was just like, yo, um, this shit's getting crazy in my, you know, like where we record as parents live. So they have like these, you know, like the dad has like, like a condition. So they didn't want to chance it in my head. I'm thinking like, no, definitely. well, this was in the beginning and I was like, Whoa, I'm like, what's going on here? (laughs) And then as time, as time, as time went on, I was like, okay, okay. I see what's, what's happening, but everything, everything crazy. Everything paused, but uh, cool, man. Yep. So th- this yep. this will be the first conversation out of the four. Uh, just wanted awesome. Wanted to put something out there and to see how everyone's doing. So um, yeah, man. Give my best to the crew. Tell Sarah I don't hate. Yeah. Her. Tell Sarah I don't hate her because she unfollowed. <laughs> I know. I'm, I, I know. I'm a tough pill, but uh, I'll see you soon, though. Okay, man. All right. Okay, stay Bye. safe. Bye. Bye. Whatever I want to talk about for 15, 20, something like that, that's what yeah, the yeah. plan is, and you're splicing them all together or something? Or... Pretty much. I mean, we're already yeah. rolling, so um, it's just okay. I figure instead of having four people on a fucking show on the phone at the same time where everyone's just kind of like that's chaos clipping their toenails and yeah it's just like this this way um you know we we get to just uh talk separately do 15 yeah. 20 minutes a piece kind of touch base right. with everyone um i just wanted to do something i wanted to get something out there cuz i don't know about you like i just told parker just not feeling the creativity, man. Like, you know, I just feel like, uh, I feel like this shit got everyone kind of like on pause, you know, like, it's just like, yeah, like I'm not feeling, uh, I, I'm not feeling like I got blessed with time to do shit. I'm feeling like everything what? stopped. You broke up there. What was that? I said, I'm not feeling like I'm, I'm being blessed with time to do shit. Nah, everything's just upended, man. Yeah, so it's you just know? like I don't like I I don't know I'm not feeling it. Yeah, every, I don't think you're alone, man. Everybody's kind of what's next, you know. Pretty much, man. So how's how's thing uh things over there? I know you have a, a young child that you have to explain shit to. 
he's just happy to like not be at school so he doesn't really care there's no terror there's no like apprehension you know what i mean (laughs) you know it's pretty easy there because like you know at the beginning i was like oh do you have any questions do you whatever and he was like nah all right (laughs) that is true so if i was like his age and you're like yeah this whole school year is canceled i'd be like whoa like this is my like, luck. Yeah. Well, what's the bad news? Yeah, what? what's the bad news? Was there something you wanted to talk about? Like, there's, <laughs> there's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's all gravy, you know. <laughs> cool, cool. And uh, so I don't know. Fucking, I. You want to talk about this uh, Primo and RZA I, thing? Yeah, man. That's if anything good came out of this whole situation, like that was it. I fully enjoyed every minute of it you know like i wasn't expecting i didn't i didn't tune in for they did another one of these right swiss beats or uh is that what it started with i think they've done a couple and um it's cool like you know it's like a split screen and they they kind of go beat for beat like it's like a producer battle more than like a dj battle because riz is not really a dj you know primo can obviously Yes. You know, and that's wax them in that regard, but it's just, you know, my tune versus your tune. And just to revisit all that, you know, like, oh my God, I forgot he did that track. Or like, you know, like it, it, it was just so much fun. And it just, it took me back to like, uh, like back in the day when you call your friend up and like, I used to do this with Jeff all the time. Be like, yeah, I'm going to grab like 20, 30 plates, go over your house. We'll go record for record in the basement, just yeah. hanging out loving music talking shit. and that's what it turned into it wasn't like who won or whatever it was no, just it was like never heads it, it was never about like because some people like oh i give it to primo and i'm thinking like yeah like i'm not really like i didn't I, like i'm thinking like okay you're gonna go from code of the streets to fucking cream like who yeah. who loses no one loses like you're like no nah. <laughs> like, these are two like like it, it, for that era, like th- these are two of the bets. This is like seriously, like watching two. This is like watching, uh, you know, fucking Mustaine trade leads with fucking like Kirk Hammett. You know, like you're like, okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, just banger after banger. You know, I mean, like if they kept going, like Primo could probably do that show against anybody to like four or five in the morning and still not even pull out everything. You know, like he even like pulled like for the beginning, like. Later on, he was really hitting, like, joint. But, I mean, you know, Come Clean and and New York State of Mind and on and on and on. Like, just... I mean, just whatever. that right there. I think Come Clean, like, I can't think... I, that That's just the best beat ever. Like, it's so minimal. It's, it's the best beat ever. And it's and it's really, like, you could tell. And the RZA, you know, like, the RZA, you know, that grime or whatever, you know, that that that's like, the, it's such an underground, grimy sound that definitely have an influence on the RZA, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, that, like, the the beat to J. Rue's Come Clean, like, on paper, yeah. and in theory, it should never be, it should never work. No. You know, like, what, it sounds like water drops, you know? It just doesn't... Well, he even made reference to that. Like, he was, like, trying to figure out, like, did this guy just record the sound of water? Yeah. Like, like what? You yeah. know? Yeah. Like, it, and, um, I don't know, it's just, it, it was so, I was glad they kept going, and uh you know i think it went it went close to like midnight it went close to midnight because i was actually watching um i started watching the movie the gentleman last night uh, right the guy Ritchie movie yeah Uh, do you fuck with guy Ritchie? uh i i love snatch i love lock stock he took a real dive for me 
Madonna, I, Yoko Ono'd him for, for a minute. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yo, so like, I I like those two, and then he made a movie called Rock and Rollo, which was also good with Idris. I didn't see that. That's good. I heard that was good though. Idr- yeah, Idris Elba. Um, I don't know, remember what else he did, but man, watching this, it, it has McConaughey. Colin. He did the Sherlock Holmes flick, didn't he? Oh, I did, was he doing any of those or like uh, he did something else? Like I don't know. He was always like kind of a little bit of a poor man's Tarantino for yes. me, but well, like, um, the, like the UK version. Yes, yeah, he definitely you know had some good stuff. But that movie was good though. This movie was so fucking good, man. It it just it was so got it was just so entertaining from beginning to end. Uh, Hugh Grant was great. Colin Farrell was great. Uh, Charlie Hunnam, yeah, from, uh, you know, Sons of Anarchy, and right. Matthew McConaughey just fucking playing an American-born dude gangster that you know lived out in fucking uh, London. Does what he does. That's that's his. Does thing. what he Matthew McConaughey thing. Um, but yeah, go, going going back though a little to to the RZA thing. Like when I signed in at like nine, and RZA wasn't on to like nine. Uh, 15 920 i mean were you reading the people writing in like yes in the room like everybody everybody that's, like Yo, ever was, been in hip-hop was there it was everybody. like straight up 186k like of yeah. like people people sign on it got up to 201 at one point yeah it was but, cr- like anyone that you you look at like you know uh, 500 600 people 700 people yeah. like this shit goes off and like yo i when i looked at that number i'm like so basically we're all just staring at our phones right now but then you see who's who's writing it you pete rock uh killer mike lp snoop yep. dog ll cool j Sha- shaquille o'neal like everybody, everybody was on that everybody it was like oh wow this is i'm like this is something special i'm participating in this is like wonderful <laughs> Did you throw a comment yeah. in? I, I threw a couple. I threw a couple. <laughs> I threw a couple. I uh some constructive criticism. Uh, <laughs> you might want to. I was back like, on I was scratch. when when they were doing. First of all, like I loved that deck. Got a lot of love because uh, I've always been like Inspector Deck is my favorite uh, Wu Tang dude from the jump, and uh, he was getting a lot of love. And they were going back and forth with a couple songs when Primo played like Above the Clouds, which is oh, just yeah. the fire fire verse, and then. Uh, RZA came back to do another deck verse, which is a great verse and a great song, Assassination Day, but real, so like good. a slow song. Yeah. So I was like, ah, oh, you should have dropped Rec Room right there. Cause I Rec think Room, it, yeah, man. No <laughs> love for Rec dropped. Room, though. But that, that, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I remember when that crane first came out, cause Stretch and Bob would always play it on a background. And a lot of, I have a, like a lot of cassette tapes of people freestyling over that, that beat and stuff. But, uh, that's a good, you know, whatever. Beat. But, Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, but you couldn't go wrong. But you know? I, I know uh, Deck is on the new R.A. record that comes out next week. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he was, yeah. Uh, R.A. was talking live, you know, like everyone's doing, man. Everyone's just like, fuck it. I'm just going to sit here and fucking do a, a live Instagram. Uh, and he was just yeah. like, yo, he's like, Deck murdered my fucking song. That that dude, like, he, like, I love Zarface. That's the best thing he's done outside of Woo, but like, his guest verses on people's stuff is like ridiculous. It's just his like solo albums. Never quite. Yeah, I'm yeah. always like, oh come on, man. So you it, could say say the same thing about RZA. Like RZA never really yeah. put out a great solo record, and he's the one, you know, making like all those fucking beats. You know, it's it's. Uh, it's yeah, his solo catalog's a mess. Yeah, you it's, know? Got, it's got some bangers, but like 
If you're gonna no, totally. It, Bobby Digital has a couple of great tracks on it. But yeah, my like, my it's loving a, is it's bizarre. But like, if you're going to like, I don't know. There and there was always like 18 songs. Like, I don't know. Why don't you just put 10 on and <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, how about like no interludes with some girl talking French about <laughs> Bobby Digital? Lay Bobby Digital. Lay Bobby or, Digital. You know, like yeah. no. You know, maybe let's just let's have no more fillers, no more skits on any hip hop records for like now on. It's like, coming to that. You know, any presidential candidate that's on, that makes that his platform, like I'm gonna ban yeah, skits that, that. off hip hop records. You get my vote. <laughs> I'm I'm signing up. You know, we're gonna make it great again. Yeah. Are you, but, are, you uh, are you mad about Bernie? Am I mad? I'm just saying, like who, like did like, um, I was never like that, like. uh you know, when he dropped, I was thinking like, okay, whatever, you know, like. It I just... knew it was coming. It was a slow death, you know, that's uh, the system will, yeah, you know. The system will always welcome to the Welcome to the Mekine, you know. <laughs> welcome to the Mekine. <laughs> exactly, man, you yeah, know. But, but, uh, uh, but yeah, the, the, there's there's a lot of like interesting things going on. Um you know that that RZA uh, thing certainly enslaved a favorite band of mine. They did a live show that they uh, they stream live, and it's available on YouTube. A great like uh, studio performance of them playing stuff, and you know, just the bands are just trying to f- find their way in this world right now. Like, well, you know, we want to do something. It might not be the you know some big windfall of money, but like just to keep the the ball going. It's confusing, so. Very much so, like that Baroness video. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, like, how the hell did you guys queue up all this shit? Um, yeah. you know, because in my head, I'm thinking, like, all right, how would you do this? So, you would have to make the video, no, you would have to make the recording first, and then you would have to queue it up, and then, like, it was just like, I'm like, sure. I'm like Charlie Day in that meme trying to figure out how everyone's doing this thing, yeah. Yeah, they gotta get like creative in another one. There's a cattle decapitation video out too that's uh that they all made like from their own rooms and stuff and like I'm hit or miss with that band, but uh the video's pretty clever and pretty funny. So well, they had that one really grotesque video, like um Yes. I remember like that one. Something reassignment, something, blah blah blah. Gender reassignment yeah. surgery or something. Yeah. 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 And I was just like watching it going like, Wow, this you guys really went for it. <laughs> <laughs> they went all out on that one. Yeah. Yeah. This out the post a video, this new one, but it's pretty good. But yeah, I've been trying to keep up with that stuff. What do you what do you think this um the producer DJ series, what would you who would you like to see? Well like next. I have um, ideas, but I would like to hear yours. I would like to keep it super current. Right. Um I would go like Alchemist versus Static. That's great. That's a great idea. You know, like two yeah. two newer dudes, but they're not, you know, especially Alchemist. I guess he's not that new, but like in the last 10 years, people know who Alchemist is now. No, that's a good match. Like those two guys, you know, because you're not going to put like a newer guy versus like some older dude that show it, it wouldn't work. It'd be, you know, bizarre. You got to keep them errors together somewhat, you know, but uh, I would like if you went old, I'd love to see like like tip tip versus like uh p rock or something or yeah. uh you know prince paul in the mix or prince eric paul. sermon yo prince paul would be like that would be awesome he was posting sure. a lot of shit yesterday um you know pharrell could do one he could be, he had a lot of bangers at one point uh 
Oh, there's a lot of different ways you could go, you know? Yeah. I think I, even though his body of work wasn't that big, that dude, Sam Sever, man, like a lot sure. of those old fucking like third base records and like what oh, yeah. he did after, like you you put that shit on and it's like, it's fucking killing. Too Jay Dilla ain't with us no more because he had some a ridiculous cat. Like he could hang with a lot of those dudes. Yeah. <laughs> What you about know. what about like uh, metal singer to metal singer doing a cappella? <laughs> <laughs> How about that? How about like uh, J- Joey Belladonna versus like Chuck Billy? <laughs> you know, Chuck Billy got the COVID, yeah. Yeah, but he's he's recovering though, man. So he, Is he? he yeah, he's yeah. I heard because he he was on Eddie Trunk's podcast talking about his uh-huh. recovery, and I was like, like, you know kiss. what? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I know you got COVID, but uh, can we talk about UFO? <laughs> Did you know that I know Ace Freely? <laughs> <laughs> a good personal friend. Oh, hold on. He just texted me. Let me see. Let me read this. <laughs> oh, Ace. Oh, Ace. Oh, Ace. I've been to his wedding. But that would be so funny. Like, Joey Belladonna, like, doing, like, an acapella verse of, like, Indians, you know, to, like, fucking mistake. Or, like, have the guy, one guy sing the other dude's band's songs. Let's hear what yeah. they would sound like. Yeah, what like kind of like when we got to hear Lombardo play drums at Metallica. Like let's let's hear, God. you know. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's <laughs> you'll probably if this thing helps, depending on how long it lasts, we might see all kinds of interesting. Uh, <laughs> well, the one thing <laughs> is, is like technology. You know, like I told Parker before. Uh, you know, twenty years ago, we would be like, uh, you know. Uh, tying up the call waiting <laughs> line, yeah. watching like, uh, you know, whatever VHS that we happen to buy. You um, might even be reading a book or something. Yeah. <laughs> yo, you know <laughs> what? might get that bad, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I might even have been reading a book. I'm like, yeah, you got any books I could read in here? I, I mean, I would have started with the magazines first and worked Yeah, the library's way. closed, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but we're all like connected and we're all kind of like like, yeah, yeah, this is, we're made for the quarantine age right now. We definitely they put all the tools in place for us. We're, we're situated for sure. The Illuminati set us up nice for this. Well, you know what they're doing is that they're building those five G towers, so they need everyone inside. Right. <laughs> yep, because they give a damn about us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. They're like, you know, we we have a a team of five G tower makers that we can't let anyone see. Because, you know, no, yeah. one, no one leaks anything. Yeah, well, and when they all come back out, they won't notice they're, they're yeah. here. Yeah, totally. Like, was I here before the quarantine? <laughs> I could have sworn that big-ass <laughs> tower in my front yard. <laughs> I swear there was a tree there. Do you know how this got here? It's like, nah, you know. If that was the case, people would be fucking, like, you know, taking selfies with the tower that they were putting up, sending it to their girlfriend, and be like, right, "Oh yeah, don't tell no one." But this is what I'm doing, and and we're gonna get a lot of money out of this. And that shit, that shit would be. <laughs> I'm renting out the front lawn. So leaked, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Any yeah. movies? I've been cat trying to catch up on a lot. I mean, I've watched so much crap. I don't even know where to start, bro. It's like uh, I've been trying to like I put like so much stuff in my YouTube watch later folder for like forever so i'm like let me trying to watch some of these things actually what do you say then like trailers <laughs> oh like i'll see like you know oh like videos. skid row and cinderella at like the 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 freedom rock festival in russia oh i'm gonna watch that later click watch later put it in there Never i watch it. love that 
I posted in in the Red River group. Um, by the way, yeah. I got I got banned for like seven days, so I can't even promote this video this <laughs> this episode. Get out of here! Yeah, for what? Uh, for that Paul Stanley thing? <laughs> no, no, no. There was like the um, the the finger memes. So it's like one finger, two finger, and then the, oh yeah, the, the third picture. That was funny. Well, no, this you didn't see this one because the third picture had Hitler and his fingers were shaped like a swastika. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, so Did someone reported you? No, no, no. It's just like you know, um, certain things get flagged uh, automatically by the team. So you know, the they they knocked me off for seven days. Wow! I know. I yeah, know. Fam. But you better uh, read. <laughs> You gonna get a prison tattoo? <laughs> no, I just go. I go right to Instagram, hang out there. Oh, you got another pro page, don't you? I do, but I don't remember the sign in. And I, I at this uh, point, yeah. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just come back in a week. The only thing that sucks is we're gonna drop this thing tomorrow, and uh, you know, I can't even put it up. But uh, but anyways, talking about the the Red River Facebook group, I put up yeah. this this. Uh, I think it's like Fresno or San Diego restoration I yes think, right i i um someone gave sent me the uh the van halen one Crazy. a long time like ago 78 oh it's such it's beautiful film and the sound is superb and it's like it's like it's like unearthing like a uh time capsule from like <laughs> you know from AC, like digging DC, it up Def yeah. leopard in 1980 like was on through the night even out 80 I don't know. I don't know their years pre pre pyromania when those came out, but yeah, no, it's a it's a gold mine. Uh, great you, stuff. You know, I've been coming. Got. I've been coming to terms lately with uh, the fact that Def Leppard actually is not really a good band. Oh, yeah. and what? Like how so? What do you? I just, I, I just feel like like I, a band or like the songs or like what do you? Yeah, saying? I just like, feel like when I th- when I really listen to those records. Um, right. they're, they're kind of like a, a good band, you know? Yeah. When I listen to Hysteria now, I'm like, oh, Rocket is pretty terrible. That song's awful. I don't like Hysteria though. The beginning. I like the, I like the title track Hysteria. I Great. thought that's a, yeah. I always liked that song, but, uh, I am like Pyromania, like 150%. Plus it's like the first one, of the first cassettes I had. So it's got a special place, but I mean, just great songs for the time and stuff. But overall, like if I look at their career, their batting average is atrocious. Yeah. Know? That's what, that's what I was saying. Like, it's yeah. just like when, when I really come to, cause they were like one of the biggest bands for me. Well, you know, preteen, preteen. Like, yeah. I remember buying Hysteria and Appetite at the same time. Tone Loke, Loked After Dark. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what it is with Def Leppard. They, uh, they. I mean, there was good quality songs there, obviously, and the sound and stuff. But like, they also, you know, when MTV didn't have a lot of content, these guys shot some music videos, and MTV ate it up, and yeah. it all just kind of was a perfect storm in that medium to put them like insanely over the top, you know, like you, you hear a song like let's get rocked off of adrenalize. And that's awful. That is one of the worst videos and worst songs ever. Like, is is that the one with the video with that? Like awful animated computer. (laughs) I'm your or what is it? I'm, I'm your ordinary. Oh man. I forget the lyrics. 
but it's something. just yeah, yeah you're uh, I'm just your yeah. average ordinary something dude happy to dude. do nothing except <laughs> oh man I gotta read the lyrics it's so, got it's got like those those dire straits money for nothing graphics like yeah like, yeah. yeah like years after the fact like they, they didn't even improve I think <laughs> I think dire straits yeah they're atrociously improve. juvenile I mean it's uh but I tell you, like photograph, like the oh. that's like one of the greatest songs I've ever written. Yeah, I mean, as far that, as like pop rock, you know, yeah, bringing on the heartbreak. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I would always say "Let's Get Rocked" and "Unskinny Bop" were two. Like, <laughs> I can't think of two worse songs. Like, that's basically <laughs> the mountain. Like, that's the peak. Yeah, the the that I I I hated those songs. I hated women. <laughs> I hated uh, Armageddon. It. I hated. Uh, what was the other one I'm forgetting off that record that was big? Oh, love. Bites. I mean, pour some sugar on me is is atrocious. <laughs> Unless atrocious. you're in a strip club. Yeah, I mean, all right, that's different. That's a pass. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's you know, a Rob pass. Zombie. That stuff. That's all good there. It's yeah. got to stay there though. But yeah, Love Bites was the other one. Yeah. That that guitar during the chorus. It's like it's like fingernails on a chalkboard to me. Yeah, I don't know. But but obviously they did all right with it. So <laughs> Yeah, they they did all right. And and you know what's funny? I love Tommy Lee still telling everyone that the tour's going on. <laughs> like Is he really? Oh well, yeah. When was it supposed to start? Was that like early summer, later summer? Uh June, June nineteenth. Ooh, that's a yeah. That's a tough one. Yeah, because there's probably there's a lot of priest I mean, for a show of that size, there's gonna be a lot of uh going into it before you even hit the road to get together that's probably a pushback so i mean yeah like it just i just love him that he's just like yeah you're gonna come out because everyone's gonna want to have a good time after this <laughs> just like completely like just so i i love him just because that's he, what's on his mind like will the crew hit the road they're not worried about like dying alone in a hospital it's uh <laughs> God, I hope. Like he probably bought like four Ferraris the day they inked the deal for oh. the thing. Like <laughs> that the first payments coming in in June. Like he's like, we gotta go out. <laughs> <He> gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I I love I love his attitude. Definitely, he's just uh, you know, he. No, I. You know what it is? Because he's probably like the last to know. He has no idea. He just he probably doesn't even drive to the show. He gets picked up. He gets dropped off. It's like. Just play the songs. This is a set list. That's all you have to do. That's it. You know? <laughs> hey, I don't understand what the problem is. Why can't we play? <laughs> totally. What's going on? <laughs> COVID, dude, that sounds so bad. They're like, no. All right, whatever. That would be a great name for a band, That would be a great name for a band. It sounds Greek, bro. Yeah. Yo, can I, my, my drum riser, can I incorporate, like, the COVID, like, <laughs> the virus, the picture of it? We'll put it on the bass drum when they spin me over the top of the arena. Nikki Six uh, just quit again for sure after hearing that fucking speech. <laughs> I play like the I play with like two big thermometers. There's my drumsticks. So like like we'll tie it all in. Yeah, we'll tie it all. Awesome. Be sick, dude. <laughs> we'll we'll revive Mick Mars after he gets it. <laughs> yeah, that guy can't go anywhere. <laughs> he'll be he'll be playing in a coffin. That's it. <laughs> but oh, uh, so yeah, man. What about yeah. TV, movies, nothing? Nothing. You, um, actually, that documentary. Which uh, one? When you get a chance. Um, oh, yeah. No, yeah. I, um, 
I remember Mr. Cartoon. I had I'd heard him with um. He did a show with Stretch and Bob, the NPR show. But I, I, that's all I know of him. You know, so I saw that when he posted the thing, he was yes, one of the guys. L.A. Original just dropped on yeah. Netflix. Um, man, I had no idea how deep they were going to go into this. Um, yeah, but it, it's the photographer uh, Estevan Oriol and uh, Mr. Cartoon. But just their connection to like soul assassins and and mm. you know there's a lot of alchemist in it there's a lot of fucking mugs in it um just man it's really just la culture and like everything that they impacted and yeah uh, i'm sold man man That's, 90 uh... minutes i did not want that fucking movie to end just mm. a cast of fucking characters and uh <laughs> one of the best doc seriously legit one of the best documentaries i've ever seen but i think just cuz we 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 love that vibe you know yeah, we, yeah. We, we like that you know they had danny treo they had everlast on they had fucking just everyone that, that we would be into so i mean if you're not into them then i guess it's probably, nah, nah, probably I'm sold, not man. i didn't even know that was out there i, I think um, it, yeah i think it just dropped yeah no it's uh yeah i haven't uh man i watched a couple of comedy specials the tom segura ball hog that's I funny was man good. yep uh Trying to catch up on some of that stuff. A lot of older things, though. I I, I took advantage of that Shutter uh, trial. I'm not in love with it, to be honest. Yet, I don't know. What is it that uh, you don't like? Because I, I I love it. Well, like I have the, most of the older flute movies. I have them already on okay. DVD. So I'm trying to, you know, see. Like I watched um, some movie, Not Afraid, that I heard was good, but that was atrocious. Uh, I watched Creep Show, the season one. Okay. Um. It was okay. Those are those were hit or miss for sure. Yeah, I, I, some stories are better than others. I'd like to see it come back. Maybe a couple of things that were a little uh, cheap looking, if I say. Oh but like, no, very much so. Uh, you know, especially with with a name like Nicotero attached. Yeah, I was expecting a little more like uh, in the effects department. I would yeah. say, but but it wasn't like I didn't stop it. I didn't like. I'll never watch that again. Um, watch the uh, cursed uh, cursed films. Cursed films. Yeah, the, what, there's three of them so far. Three of them so far. I like the Poltergeist yeah. one the most. That's good. Those are good hit or miss again, too. Hey, like, hey, uh, here's how I look at it. Uh, uh, for, I'm giving them five bucks a month. Uh, right. And they're giving me a lot of stuff, a lot of content. Sure, I've seen the Friday the 13th movies all the time, but when you're going to put them up there and I'm going to have access to them, it, it just it's worth my, I it's worth get it. my yep. Yeah, no, it's it's um, there's definitely some good stuff on it. And I'm not I'm going to keep it on after the 30 days is up and still fuck with it and stuff, you know. But um, yeah, the curse films things, too. Like what I'm beginning to notice after watching the first three is uh, this seems like it could have been a, a 60 minute documentary. <laughs> like there was no need like they could have just yeah. done, you know, uh, six movies. You know, each show could be 10 minutes, yeah. 15 minutes. <laughs> when, once they started talking to like the Church of Satan members about the, I'm like, shut up with the guy with the, sitting <laughs> in his throne with his cheesy neck. Like I see stuff like that. I'm like, oh, shut up, who are you talking to these clowns? That, I mean, really? Yo, that's You're how as goofy I, as the other side. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I felt too. <laughs> like once, once we went, once they started doing like a exorcism in, in the first episode, I was like, oh, you, you lost on this one. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's the stuff you could have just chopped it down. Like you said, perfect. You could have made an hour, hour and a half film and like chopped it up into like the films. Cause how many other films could be discussed? I mean, yeah. I already knew like the stories behind 
Poltergeist and Exorcist and The Omen. I kind of knew those ones, so I don't even know where they. Uh, I think they have um, The Crow. Okay. Uh, and Twilight Zone and one other one. Oh, yeah. I think it's like six. So basically, any movie that somebody died while they made it. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> An only horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. But uh, yeah, yeah, whatever, man. I, uh, you know, I've, I've been packing them in too, you know, just a lot of time. No weekends of doing anything. Uh, so, you know. I watched something on Shudder called The Room. Okay. Man, that was fucking great. So, Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, actually, since you have Shudder, I'll just give you like a quick little synopsis, you know, beyond sure. w- w- what it says. So it, th- this couple moves, moves into this house in upstate New York, um, and uh, what they notice is there's a room in this house that's kind of hidden, and when you sit in this room you whatever you wish for comes true Mm -hmm. so if it's a million dollars or whatever you want you get it in this room but as soon as you leave the house with these things Mm -hmm. it ages and deteriorates Mm -hmm. so you're kind of you can have anything you want but once you take it out of the house it Mm -hmm. just it dies Kind of like a Twilight Zone kind of episode thing. Uh, yeah, it's very, very much like yeah. that. And uh, okay, so I'm interested. Yeah, man, it's it's very, it's very dark, and it gets very heady and crazy. Um, also, another movie that I just recently saw that kind of like, kind of in the same vein, sort of, uh, was Vivarium. Did you hear of that one yet? No. So that's Jesse Eisenberg and uh, Emojin Poots. I hate that guy. Oh, okay. I thought you hated her name. Jesse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I hate him too. I just, I, I want to just, I don't know. I hate him. I, I want Michael yeah. Sarah back. Yeah, um, really, man. <laughs> but this movie, um, you know, same thing. That that they're, they're a couple and they go see a house and uh, somehow they're stuck in this house after the realtor shows it to them. And, mm-hmm. um, Somebody drops off a box and it has a baby and this baby, they have to raise this baby and this baby ages very rapidly. It's, you know, it's, uh-huh. it's very weird. If you look up the name of Vivarium, you'll, you'll figure out. Um, and that's on Shutter also? No, that I actually rented um, uh, on like YouTube. Okay. So on occasion, you know, when I think of like uh you know, going to the movies and how much that costs with two people. Yeah. You know, I'm like, okay, I can't find this anywhere else. It's not streaming anywhere. Uh, t- totally. I was just actually going to do that tonight with the, um, on Prime, the, uh, there's a Wax Tracks documentary. Um, I'm trying to remember, you know, Ministry and that whole, the oh, Chicago yeah, yeah, yeah. label. Yep, yep, yep. I don't remember the title, but they have it on Amazon for like three ninety nine or something like that. Yeah, completely, to see that. completely awesome and worth it. So, yep. um, but okay, cool. Anything else? Word. No, no, that's you said. You said it all. I said it all, fam. <laughs> <laughs> you said it all. I love that Stern yeah. is doing that. His show kind of the same way now. I haven't seen. I've been out of the loop with him. <laughs> Yeah, he's, they're they're all doing what we're doing right now, just taping a show. And yeah, uh, just to keep it going, man. 
Pretty much, man. Pretty much. So, all right, cool. So, I'm gonna... well, if you want, like, you know, when you have it together, I could post it up or you can wait to get out of jail. I don't know what you want to do. Oh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll send you, you know, it'll be all posted. You're just going to have to, um, you know, it'll go to all our stuff. So I'll just send it to oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. No, that's right. Yeah, I'll, uh, I just I'll can't make a Facebook. post about it. Right, right, Facebook. right. I got you. Yes. All right. All right, man. So I'll talk to you, and uh, that's it, man. We'll do it again soon. Stay safe. Stay safe. Cool. Hey, Tom Bennett. Cool. Welcome to Red River. Finally, uh, tell tell everyone what you do because you have you do stuff. Um, for first of all, you went to school for for movies, right? Some shit like that. Correct. Yeah. Now I have a I actually have a master's degree in film history, which is about the most useless degree you can have in the world. Um, unless unless you're for here. my job. Uh, yeah, but, but I also uh, I schedule uh, movies for video on demand, so. I do sort of get to put it to use my yeah. film nerdery, so that's yeah, absolutely. And and it's not affecting your your work at the moment, right? With all this shit. No, actually, you know, people are home watching movies, so it's doing <laughs> it's it's doing better than it normally would. Um, and a lot of studios are releasing movies directly to VOD, so it's I, I know interesting. I just I mean, watched um, I watched The Hunt, and I watched um, The Invisible Man. Did you watch those? I saw The Invisible Man. Um, I did not watch The Hunt yet. So. Okay. W- what did you think of The Invisible Man? I liked it. I, I thought it was good. It was a really good thriller. I thought I, I didn't think I would like it, and I and I liked it infinitely more than I thought I would. So I went in thinking the same thing. I went in thinking um, I was going to love The Hunt and not really care about The Invisible Man. I ended up kind of liking The Hunt and really loving The Invisible Man because. My bar was so low, but I thought the atmospherics of Invisible Man, the tension, uh, I thought it was very well made. Like, from beginning to end, I was not bored for one second. It's no memoirs of an Invisible Man, but it's... Nah, (laughs) yeah, shout out to Chevy Chase. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, man, I uh, also tell people about your movie tattoos. Um, I have a lot, a lot of movie tattoos. What, what, give me your um, three. Actually, your, your I, three. I, give me like three good. My ones. three, three movies that I have tattoos of: uh, the Wicker Man, the OG Wicker Man. Not, I've never even seen the remake of the Wicker Man. Um, I have a tattoo of the Marx Brothers on the back of my arm. Nice. I have a John Waters and Divine tattoo on my uh, forearm. Yeah, so you you and I have I have two tattoos from uh one of the movies by Edgar Wright actually same movie though. Okay. Two yeah. Scott Pilgrim tattoos. So j- just so everyone knows, I mean, you know, you're the real deal right there, you know. You're you're more legit than any of us put together. Um so what I, wa- I uh, yeah. I wanted to I talk have, to you. I have a I have a couple of uh quarantine fever tattoos that I've, you know, I, I, when I get when I can get out of my house and into a tattoo place. I got a couple of things, so, a couple of things on the back burner. So with, with, um, 
do you have any metrics as far as your job as to what the most viewed VOD thing is at the moment? I can tell you, I mean, the most viewed VOD thing by far is um, Tiger King, but uh, the weird is Contagion. The movie Contagion is doing remarkably for like a library movie, like a non-new release movie. Contagion across every platform that it's on is the number one movie. Now, I've never seen... Not a very good movie. Yeah, I was going to say... Not a very good movie. (laughs) I've seen all the other ones, you know, Outbreak and fucking Quarantine and all that other shit. I've never seen Contagion. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a big uh, Twelve Monkeys fan at this time. I think that. Okay. Um, I I asked you because I know you're a big Edgar Wright fan. Um, I thought it'd be a lot of fun for you to basically list. You know, for the most part, he he has five movies, right? Yeah, I mean, he has a sixth, his first movie, but I mean, that kind of doesn't count. It's sort of a, just a remake of a student film. It's not great, but it's. Uh, you can see where he was going, I guess, if you watch it. It's on YouTube. It's not really available too much. It's called uh, Fistful of Fingers. Okay. Fistful of Fingers. That's funny. What about what about his new one coming out, One Night in Soho? One Night in Soho is supposed to come out in um, September, I think September 25th. Uh, actually, a few weeks before all of this went down, we had a meeting at work with Universal, and they were talking about... Uh, last night in Soho, how they didn't know anything about it, other than like any more than anyone else knew, even though, you know, they just had a release date for it. Um, that he's kind of keeping it as under wraps as possible, even from the studio. Okay. Um, so hopefully it still comes out. I mean, it'll be interesting to see for the rest of the year what happens as far as these movies getting pushed around. Um, if some of the smaller, like indie movies, like, you know, like Wes Anderson has a movie coming out in the summer. I wonder if that'll come out this year or next year. Or, you know, the movie's coming out at the end of the year if they end up pushing them into the beginning of next year. So hopefully not. Cause... What's it like having two kids at home that you have to, uh, like, I would imagine it's harder to, to basically, you know, especially the young one. Like, you know, what do you tell them at this point? Well, I mean, they're occupied because they have school. Even I mean, they're supposed to be off like this week and they don't have off this week. They have actual schoolwork and stuff to do um yeah i mean my kids are kind of chill so uh they're they're i can i can imagine other people having a much worse time than i am i mean uh yeah they're they're, they're sort of chill they sat and watched uh, a couple of edgar wright movies with me earlier ah, today very as cool. i was getting ready for this so what what about their musical taste it, what is what is the one band that they like that you hate um they're they're kind of less into music than they are into um either like cartoons and and um you know TV shows and stuff so uh, it, it they don't really I mean they kind of listen to what I listen to for the most part I mean you know they they don't very much actively put on anything okay. so nothing so much. lots of pogues <laughs> lots of lots of pogues, lots of descendants, you know, uh, you know, we try we try to we try to run a tight ship here, yeah. you know. <laughs> the, the, you know, I I mean I'm I don't mind unlike, you know, it, it, the the least punk thing to say, but I really don't mind pop music at all. I mean, a lot of pop music me, I kinda, me neither. Know, I'm I'm with you. I mean, it's well documented amongst my friends that I, you know, I love Miley Cyrus and Taylor Swift and all that stuff. So, you yeah. know, it's, you know, I, I can appreciate very good pop, 
but well-executed pop music, you know, For sure. even oh. if it doesn't really stand the test of time. The Miley Cyrus, I mean, the uh, Taylor Swift documentary, I would also highly recommend. I thought that was great. Seen it on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, it's just super interesting. I mean, music docs, for the most part, I will watch something that, you know, uh, on the surface I have no interest in, and usually I'm pleasantly surprised, uh, you know, that I'm more interested in it than I thought I would be, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, unless sometimes Amazon, like, I feel like Netflix does a little bit more quality control as far as like, you know, whatever they put up. I thought the, the ZZ top one was good. You know, Sam Dunn's crew did that one. Uh, but once you switch over to Amazon, like that, you know, you'll be watching like a mentors documentary. Like it's just, (laughs) yeah, I mean, they, they, they go, they go a little bit more specific and deep on Amazon. You know, you get some like random, you you get random shit. (laughs) I love that rainbow. But I mean, that, yeah, I actually saw that. I saw that a long time ago. We were supposed, it was supposed to come out, and then it didn't come out. Um, so I had seen that probably like a year, well over a year ago at, at work. You know, because I, I get to. I mean, the best part of my job being that I get to watch movies uh, for a decent portion of the day and get you know access to screener sites and stuff. So I get the to see a lot in of excess stuff one too. I still haven't so. seen Michael Hutchins one. Which was great, yeah. I mean, that's the, the, that that one was, you know, it's 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 a that one's a downer, but you know, it's yeah. No, I mean, it's there's a time, you know. I, I don't know. I, I always find musicians inherently interesting. I guess for the most part. Um, sure. So, you know, one day, one day you'll get the band together, man, for sure. As as someone with absolutely no musical talent, I can appreciate musicians. I guess more than now. Now's the time. Now's the time to to play that bass. But uh, all right, let's talk Edgar sure. Wright. So sure, we we have five movies. What would you say number five is? Number five, I'm going with Hot Fuzz. Um, now I caveat all of this with the fact that he has this perfect a filmography of anybody. You know him and I would uh, him and Wes Anderson for me are probably the two, like they really have never fucked it up okay. at this point. Least, you know, I mean, they make movies that I like less than some of their other movies, but I mean, they really haven't shit the bed t- terribly on anything yet. Um, you know, it'll I'm sure eventually. You know, law of averages. So, so hot, uh, hot fuzz. eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say hot fuzz, right? So that's that's your number five right there. So let let's yes. talk about let's break it down real quick. So I'm gonna ask okay. I'm gonna ask you what is your favorite scene from Hot Fuzz? Uh, my favorite scene is the part the the scene where like the, in the beginning Simon Pegg he's like never drinking and he has his cranberry juice when he goes to the bar and stuff. The first time that uh, Simon Pegg's character Nick Nicholas Angel and uh, Nick Frost's character Danny sit and have a drink together. Cause it's like kind of the first time they open up to each other and y- you get like, you know, like, like one seems completely like a cop who's really good at his job, but like overly ambitious, kind of an overly, you know, kind of overdoing it. And Nick Frost just seems like a f- complete fuck up, but like you realize that they're sort of, they complement each other really well. And like, that's the first scene where they sort of seem to like each other and then they get drunk and then they go uh, back and watch point break, which is, you nice. know, yeah, I mean, that's, fun. that's the best. Um, so second question I'm going to ask you is in hot fuzz, what is your favorite character? Um, my favorite character is probably the character played by Olivia Coleman. Actually. I just think 
I, I just every time she talks in the movie, I think it's funny. Um, like she's the only female cop in the movie, um, and she's just like every everything she says is just filthy. Like the rest of them are all just you know there, you know doing their thing. And like everything that comes out of her mouth is just filthy and it's just funny. And then like to see her win an Oscar a couple of years, a few years later. Is oh, like, really? You know, for for kinda, what movie? You know, uh, what, what did she win for? She just won. Uh, the, what is it? The favorite? Is that the one that she won? Okay, I that that's the um, one. That's the one. Yogos or whatever is Lager. Yeah, that's the one movie I haven't watched. But uh, no, it's great. Like like even looking back through his movies, like just the amount of like the the stacked casts in these movies. You know, like that. Yeah, you know, like every British actor, obviously, but then. You know, he's just getting like these amazing casts and people just want to work with him. So, you know, yeah, it's kind of sure. interesting. Now, obviously, this is a movie that you love. Um, but if you could pick one f- scene, what is your least? Oh, no, actually, this is least least favorite character. Sorry. <laughs> um, but my least favorite character is probably the Simon, the Simon Pegg character. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a he's a good it's a very good character and he plays it really well. Um I don't I, I don't love things about police. I don't love the police. You're like, you're like um, me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, you know. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not you know, I, I, yeah, it's just, it's a little, yeah, I, I get that they're playing on all of the whole, like, you know, like the the, the whole idea of like a police movie. So it's kind of, it's, it's funny. But yeah, I mean, of of all of them, it's it's my least. It's the one that I certainly watch the least out of his movies. Okay. Um, but I mean, I think it, it's a great. It, it's still a great movie, and, and and if it's on, I still watch it. But yeah, the Simon Pegg character, I just kind of I find the rest of the characters a lot more interesting. Gotcha. Um, the so, way that they interact with him versus his character himself, the, the character he's playing. So. You know, like I told you, we're going to ask you five questions for each movie. The fourth sure. question coming in is um, the one scene that you would take out of this movie. So the, the, it's not a specific scene in this movie, but like the the chases in the movie, like the chases on foot, yeah. seem to go on for a long time. And the the strong part, the strong suit of Edgar Wright's movies tend to be the editing. And I just feel like some of it, it just the, the movie could be shorter in general. That I think that would yeah, it's sort close of help to like it. two hours. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's it's probably the longest of his movies, and it's it, it's just there's scenes where they're just running and run, and I'm just like it could just be, it, it could be tightened up a little bit. I guess is my cool. And uh, the fifth, which is my favorite question: If you were in the movie, what character would you be? Um, I was torn on this one between the Nick Frost character who's just a completely inept cop who like draws little cartoons in his in his like, you know, in his notebook. Um to the character that Bill Bailey plays, who's like the 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 uh he's a desk sergeant in the movie, where he plays actually two twin brothers in the movie, but um but like he just completely seems to like not give a shit about his job whatsoever and i can just i don't know you could relate I feel like if i was a cop i would yeah. i'd be somewhere between inept and not giving a shit so yeah you'd you know, be, i feel you'd like be, between those two you'd be like like fackler from uh police academy <laughs> i'd be looking to see when i could retire from the moment <laughs> i got in there i mean yeah awesome so that's number five hot fuzz now we're going down the list yes. so let's do number four your number four favorite edgar wright movie is Shaun of the dead 
um, which is obviously his first like kind of real movie that he made. Um, and again, I love Shaun of the Dead, um, but there are three that I like more than Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz, I guess. Is the... And what's the deal with like the trilogy? What's the name of the trilogy again? The Cornetto trilogy. Yeah. So what's so Cornetto for those unfamiliar? Cornetto is a kind of like uh, it's a, a kind of like a pre-made ice cream cone that you buy at like a a shop in England, um, and there's all different flavors. Um, it's sort of like a I, I don't know, you know, like those the king cones that we have here. Yeah. It's sort of like that. It comes in like a paper wrapper, and you get it, and it has like nuts or something on top. Um, and the, basically the only thing that connects those three movies is that at some point you see a Cornetto, the Cornettos really have nothing specific to do with the movie. Yeah. I love um, the movies really have nothing to do with each other other than, you know, so the Simon Pegg, Nick Frost and Edgar Wright. Um, and fun fact, the first thing with, with all the thousands of years of history, when I was in London, uh, two years ago with Mike Garland. First thing he wanted to do was have all three flavors of Cornettos. That oh, was that's his, awesome. Uh, yeah. That was his quest. So would, would, we 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 made sure to do that. Hell yeah! <laughs> we didn't see Bucking we didn't see Buckingham Palace, but we had all three flavors of Cornetto. So shout know, out priority. to Mike Garland. Um, all right, so Shaun of the Dead favorite scene. Um, my favorite scene is when they first realize that they're zombies. When there's the girl, there's a girl, there's a girl in the garden, and they go out back and they start throwing records at her. And they're going through the records, and some he doesn't want to throw. Yes, yes, that is good. I just, I just, I just, I just love that scene, just because you know it's. Yeah, I can relate as somebody. (laughs) That is a good scene. (laughs) Somebody who has too many records. uh, That would that would be, and it's a completely like ridiculous and inept way to try to take out the zombies. Is just sit and throw records, and they miss like three out of every four that they throw. So, and uh, Um, so number two question: favorite character of Shaun of the Dead. Favorite character is probably the Nick Frost character. Um, Me too. Because, you know, he's just, again, I don't think I, 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 I don't, I, I, seeing the way the world is now, like Shaun of the Dead is oddly relatable to like where we are now, but uh, it's, um, it's like Nick Frost is just, he just seems like a nice, inept dude who's just caught up in it. Like it doesn't really, what, you know, he's not, not trying to be a hero or anything else. He's just sort of like caught up in it like everybody else. So, um, yeah. I mean, I just find him, I just, I, I find Nick Frost very just funny, yeah. you know, in general and everything. Like I, I always find him to be the funnier of the two when they're together. I like when he pops um, up and things like attack the block. A couple was it less. A, a year or so ago, my friend was at a convention and he had Nick Frost call me on the phone. Oh, that's so, so cool. that was kind of fun. Ah. So I got to talk. He called. He called me a cunt and and uh, asked me where I was and then hung up. That was the entire conversation I had with Nick Frost. So. <laughs> that's up there. We're getting a call from uh, Sour Shoes, but uh, yes. <laughs> number number three, least favorite character of Shaun of the Dead. Least favorite character in Shaun of the Dead is again the Simon Pegg character Sean, <laughs> because I, I get it's a good character, and I mean they're all necessary to be in the movie, but he's just sort of a whiny character the whole time he until is. the end when he you know he sort of rises to the occasion. You're right. 
but you know, he seems like sort of just, you know, like, uh, so he's kind of an asshole, but you know, he's, he's fine. You know, he's an asshole like the rest of us. He forgets important things and, you know, doesn't really want to go to work and all that stuff like the rest of us. Yeah. I don't know. Something about the character. I just find, especially watching it over, like over again, it's just, he's just a very whiny character the whole time. Um, but a great, great character actually. Just, you know, For sure. my I, at least probably no one likes a whiner. Um, number and there's not that, there's really not that many characters in that movie. I mean, there's just a handful of people in that movie. So it's, you know, it's harder to pick. And uh, number four, the one scene that you would take out of this gorgeous movie. The end when, uh, when, uh, Nick Frost is a zombie and he's playing video yes. games on the couch for some reason. I just feel like they could have ended it before that or just ended it differently. Um, cause it just seems completely ridiculous that, you know, that he's even still keeping him around at that point. Yeah, like, even sure. though, yes, I mean, it's a ridiculous movie and a comedy, but it just seems. Tame, yeah. Ended early could, for sure. Could have, could, could have ended before then. I'm with you. Uh, and then the last one, if you were in this movie, Shaun of the Dead, what character would you play? Um, that's a good, I, I'd either be Philip, like the old dad who like he hates and ends up getting killed, but probably more like Nick Frost again, just completely inept and fucking up the entire <laughs> situation during the zombie apocalypse. I don't think, you know, I, I, I'm not a great survivalist, you know, I'm like, you know. The only reason this, like, what's going on now is, like, tolerable is because we have movies and I have a lot of records and a lot of things to listen to and a lot of food to eat. Like, any, like, minor, in, like, the second I don't have something that I want to eat, I'm, you know, it, it's, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not great. I'm not, I'm not great. I'm not great in tough situations. So. Yeah, man. So are, are you going out shopping? Yeah, I mean, as, as little as possible, trying to go, like, like maybe once a week just to get like milk and like all of a sudden everybody's drinking milk like it's fucking going out of style meanwhile i'd buy milk in a normal week and end up throwing it out because nobody wants it i don't drink milk so but like all of a sudden things that nobody would ever normally eat seem to be going like one thing that i like is cheese it's it's like the one like i'm not a big snack person and I bought myself like a big box of Jesus. Nobody ever eats it. And like, I went the other day, it's fucking empty. I'm like, what the fuck? And like, it turns out everybody's suddenly yeah. eating Jesus. So I'm telling you, I've eaten you know, more. I, I've snacked more in the last month than I have in the last 18 months. It fucking sucks. The, the problem is I'm not, I'm not, I'm not eating at normal times. Like I seem to be oh, yeah. eating, like when I'm working and going. So it's just like, you're just sort of thrown off. And then I always end up eating late, which I hate to do. And then I don't know. It just, it fucks me up. But that's why you got that awesome girlish figure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So number three of your Edgar Wright movies is. Number three is baby driver. Okay. Um, and, uh, baby drivers are obviously baby driver is he, Edgar Wright has two movies that don't fit into his trilogy, um, baby driver and Scott Pilgrim. And I, I just find baby driver just on like an unbelievably executed movie. Unbelievably um, executed. That might be my like, favorite like, of his five. And, and then there's like, there's like, on the DVDs and stuff, there's making of, and just the amount of thought that went into every single thing in that movie. Like, 
from the songs to the soundtrack to the editing, like gunshots to the beats of songs. And um, he got them to give permission for him to use a clip from uh, Monsters, Inc., which Disney has never given permission to use anything Disney in a rated R movie up until that point. And when they heard it was Fredgar, right, they just kind of let him do it, which is funny because he had sort of a tenuous relationship with Marvel because of Ant-Man, you know, like when he was directing Ant-Man and that all kind of went up in the air. So I didn't even know that that, that was the case. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they used his script still, but like he's, he, he ended up not, um, he quit because they were having creative differences. I think they were afraid of like his style, not gelling with the rest of the Marvel. You know, they all sort of have to have a, a look, I guess. Oh, for sure. So yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, man, Baby Driver loved it. But like I said, definitely probably my favorite of the five. But let's go. It's also one of my my oldest son Shane. It's one of his two favorite movies. Baby Driver and Dunkirk are his two favorite movies of all time. Oh so. wow. That's that's definitely yeah. those are two really good ones, but um, just the music alone for sure. But uh, favorite scene in yeah, I mean that's the other thing is like in his in his movies. I mean the soundtracks are insane, amazing in all of them. Yeah. I mean, um, but uh, you know even from from Shaun of the Dead, like using like Ghost Town by the Specials and everything, and then I mean they kind of get more interesting from there. His but I mean Baby Driver is like such a specifically soundtrack driven movie that it's so I mean it's one of the best assembled soundtracks I've ever heard but just also the the way it's used like it's not you can tell a lot of thought went into it rather than just like oh this song kind of works here oh no like so much stuff like the song this there's so many songs that are like almost like characters in the movie. I mean, it's it's the songs are a character in a movie for sure. It's 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 another yeah. character from the moment that you just start watching it. You're like, OK, this is going to be like this. Um, I just watched The Gentleman the other uh, yesterday and same thing. Guy Ritchie did such a great job with that soundtrack. But that's, um, I think that's the, one of the last movies I saw in, in a theater before that became not a thing that you could do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just sit sit apart from people with a mask, but um, yeah, but yeah, I mean that that was such a fun movie, and then like the the Wu Tang music in that, like the yes. the, the weird Wu Tang music, yeah. like that was that was that was just so well done. Yeah, that movie's so, great, I, and just the storytelling of it all. Um, on you know how it starts, and you're like, wait, what's going on? It, it's just great. Very it's good. like when when guy when guy Ritchie goes and makes guy Ritchie movies, they're 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 so much fun. I mean, I enjoy them. And then when he does anything else, it's sort of completely <laughs> not interesting and or or a disaster. I'm, um, yeah, I'm glad he came back with this one. Yeah. Um, favorite scene from Baby Driver. Um, the favorite, my favorite scene from Baby Driver is kind of torn between the the opening credits where he's just like walking down the street to go get the coffee and yep. it's like all set to the music. Yep. Um, but. I mean, just for because it also happens to be one of my favorite songs and favorite bands of all time is the bank robbery when they play Meet 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 by The Damned. Um, and he starts the song over because he's like, oh, you, you know, wait, we got like, like he's he's timing everything he's to the song and then the song's already starting. So he's like, all right, no, let me start the song over before they can go do the bank robbery. I love um, that. I, just think I that's love. Yeah. I thought that was so smart. That's such that, a great scene. Yeah, that he's like timing it too. So, um, so number two, favorite character. 
Um, my favorite character is probably the John Hamm character. Ah, I was going to um, say the John, same. John Hamm, John Hamm, and uh, the uh, what's her name? Issa Gonzalez is that her name? The, who plays Darling? Um, but the, like their relationship, I find really interesting. Um, and also they they uh, they're just good characters. Um, they're they're. They they have like the their interaction but the interaction between them two I find the most interesting. Again, like the main the main character, Baby, like is it's cool, but it just sort of facilitate a lot a lot of time like I feel like it's just facilitating other characters in the movie. Um but the other weird thing about this movie is just Kevin Spacey is like that's the last time you're gonna see Kevin Spacey in a movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, shout out to <laughs> like I'm, out I'm to... watching this and every time he comes on, I'm like, he's so just like he's just. I never thought Kevin Spacey was like weird looking until now. Suddenly, like <laughs> Kevin Spacey's just like in everything. I find Kevin Spacey just like very off putting and weird looking to look at. So it's just like I don't know. Yeah, man. everything gets framed by everything else. But um, yeah, no, I just find I, I find that the. John Hamm, like that, that that character is just—I don't know—he's just a cool, cool character. And and the role was—it's the only role that was specifically written for anyone in the movie was Edgar Wright wrote it for John Hamm. So mm, nice. Uh, so number three, least favorite character of Baby Driver. Um, I mean, it, there's sort of a throwaway scene where Flea, like Flea, is the character in the movie for a little bit. <laughs> You're right. Some guy named like. Yep. No knows Eddie or um, Michael and it's Myers. Just, I, I, I don't know if it's the character. It's not the character so much as the cameo. It just seems so ridiculously unnecessary to me for some reason. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like the the character um, Bat that uh, that Jamie Foxx plays is just a completely frustrating character ah. just because he's such a dick and makes everything so much more difficult. But I mean, that also makes the movie work. Is like his his just being like such a like just a psychopath that you know like everything they do could go much easier if he it didn't fuck for, it up yeah, yeah. but like but yeah the for some reason it, it's it's so funny because when we first saw it when flea showed up i saw it with, with mike garland and and my son and i was just like what the fuck like, like why that's a perfect time to cameo like anyone Who's been like might put throw Michael Sarah in there? Throw like somebody who's in another one of your Michael movies Sarah. in there. That would like, have been the, great. Like Flea just seemed weird to me. Like it's just like a weird, like I don't know. Yeah, like, just like weird random. It, it, uh, for some reason, that character just like when that comes on, it just like it takes me right out of it. I'm like, oh, it's fucking Flea, you know. Meanwhile, everybody else is somebody famous in the movie too. But for some reason, Flea throws Flea. me off in this movie. Well, you know what. Ketis got it, got that cameo in Point Break. So let, let Flea get a little something. Yeah, and you know Point Break ties into Hot Fuzz. Yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. it's it's uh, it's interesting because like his favorite musician, seemingly Edgar Wright is Beck. Because I mean, he directed a video for Beck. Um, Beck, he mentions he, he name checks Beck in Baby Driver. Um, Beck did all of the music for Scott Pilgrim. So it's like. Why not just put Beck in there instead of Flea? That's I mean, like I, that's just me recasting his movie, which you know he's he's fine without he's doing fine without he's my do, help. Yeah. So I don't you know, you know definitely. I mean, I'm sure you you could definitely get a nice position in Edgar Wright uh, Enterprises after this episode. Uh, number four, <laughs> number four, the one scene of Baby Driver that you would take out. 
almost the entire end of the movie. Wow. After he goes after he goes to jail. Yeah. Um it's weird cuz it, it the the only thing that bothers me about it is like you, you get no real sense of how long it is. And it's I don't know, he comes out and he, he looks kind of exactly the same. I mean, he's kind of has a baby face, so maybe he's just going to look the same anyway. But like it seems like he would go to jail for even being cooperative and whatever. He seems like he would go to jail for a long time. Yeah, like they, there's a lot of yeah, a lot were, of stuff happens in that movie. There's a lot of carnage, he, you know. You know, but it's it, it just the end doesn't sort of make sense to me. But it's you know it's 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 the ending the movie also needs. Like you need a nice ending on it. Yeah. Um, and apparently they're making you know he's making a sequel to it at some point. So I don't know what that's going to be or how that's going to work. Um, he's one of those directors that I would, was always hoping like he wouldn't make a sequel to anything. So I think it was just such a big hit, man. You know, I like, so it's, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, 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 it, and a surprise hit, you know, and it was like his sort of like, he, he was working for years on Ant-Man and I was like, Oh, by the way, I also have this script. So here, why don't yeah, I just do this? Because instead? even the actions, like, like the action sequences and baby driver, that's what really threw me. Because they were so ambitious, but they landed and they didn't seem um, like there was like no CGI. There was like everything seemed like it was just real fucking deal. Yeah, I mean, and it's just the ex- that movie just it's it's one of the most perfectly executed movies. Like you can tell exactly what he was going like. There's not a thing in there that he wasn't going for. Yeah. Like, I don't think he ever looks at that movie again and it's like, oh, I would have done this differently. Like, I think he had everything so laid out and thought out that that you know I, I for him i mean it's probably like in his mind like as good as he is ever going to you know he's right like he's at the top of his game and except, he knows exactly how exactly what he wants and exactly except it's your it, number so. three so. and now he's at the point where he he seemingly can make any movie he wants to make you know like they're, they're, it seems like they're like gonna let him do his thing so um so tom bennett i ask you number five if you were in baby driver who would you play um i mean i'd like to think i could be like baby and like drive really cool um <laughs> but I, but like and like be really good but like like be really good behind the wheel and like but i think mostly just like the character of baby the thing i, I like the walking around with like listening to music all the time. Like that's, I never am not listening to music for the most part. So it's like, I find that so relatable. Like I can't sit in in silence. I have to listen to something all the time. And like, I used to like, and it like reminds me, baby, like I used to put for, for like six months when I was commuting into the city for work, I would put on the same album when I was from walking from my train to my office every day, I would put on uh, blue lines by massive attack. Oh, wow. Good one. Just cause like, it's it just sort of like those people rushing around with this kind of like chill trip hoppy kind of thing. Like, I don't know. Like, so it's sort of like, you know, I, I listen to music to try to frame how I see things and how I kind of interact or ignore the outside world. So it's, you know, well, that's, I, that's, I relate to that a lot. So that's why, um, so getting into like, you know, the video stuff that we've been doing lately, um, you know, I'm just watching people do it and I'm thinking like anytime I would listen to music back then or today, like I, I would always maybe just growing up with MTV like we did. Um, I just always see visuals with whatever music. So 
Um, same thing, man. Like I, I like picking the right song for the right mood, um, whether you're driving or walking or just sitting at home. So I could totally relate to that. So number two, Edgar Wright movie. World's End. Um, which I, I love this movie. Um, I, 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 when I first, when it first came out again, after like, I, I loved Hot Father, I love Shaun of the Dead. And then when I was like, Oh, he's doing a third one. And it didn't, not everybody loved it who loved his other movies. And I had, I didn't get to see it until like a couple of weeks after it came out. So I had heard from enough people that I was going to be disappointed that I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to be disappointed. And I went in and it was my favorite of the three. Awesome. Um, I mean, you take the sci-fi part out of it and it's the most relatable. It's looks like this dude trying to like get his old friends back together to do something that, that, you know, was important to him, less important to them. Um, he hasn't grown up. The rest of them have all gone on with their lives. So you know, I just found it like I found it to be like a kind of a sympathetic character. Um, also, just I mean, it's just funny, like his again and the soundtrack to it, like, yeah, you know, Soup Dragons and stuff like it's just like this amazing soundtrack. But also just his. That character, I just find hilarious, like because like, uh, like they break his balls for having like a Sisters of Mercy tattoo. And I'm like, <laughs> I look at myself, I'm like, I have, I have more fucking ridiculous tattoos than, you know, I could ever possibly explain away. So definitely like, have a know. Charlie Chaplin tattoo somewhere, don't you? <laughs> I definitely do have a Charlie Chaplin tattoo. <laughs> uh, Orson Welles tattoo. I mean, I have you a got lot third of, man. You know. I'm like, I don't even know what third man was till I met you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, okay, cool. So wor- world's end. Uh, let's do favorite scene from the movie. Um, my favorite scene is the first time that they, when he convinces them all to do the, to do, um, the golden mile to do the, the to do the 12 pubs and get the 12 drinks. Um, and they all meet up at the train station and they're just discussing him before he gets there. <laughs> and it's just such a great scene there. They're like, you know, and then, uh, yeah, like they all know that like, it's a terrible idea, but sure. they're all there, you know, for him anyway. And they're like, which one of us is the biggest idiot for doing this? And then also you see Nick Frost across the train platform, who's just like, you know, whatever. And then, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, like it's the first time they're together without him. And it's like, the conversation you can tell they're happy to be together yeah and they never would have gotten together without him getting them together but then also you know like they realize it's probably a terrible idea For sure. but then once they are actually together they're happy to be together and so. it felt it felt like real and relatable and it felt like uh you know like you've heard that conversation before <laughs> yeah and i mean the, just with the casting is like they're all friends like they're all friends in real life like he's you know like like they're most of them have been in others of his movies, you know, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Patty Considine, uh, Martin Freeman. They've all been in other Edgar Wright movies. So it's like almost just getting them back. You know, like it's it's about getting like the gang back together, which is basically what that movie was anyway. It's just like, hey, let's make another third movie. So For sure. So um, favorite character? Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite character in the movie is probably the patty constantine character um steve because you could like you could tell he, he was always in awe of 
Simon Pegg when they were younger, but then like now as an adult, like he's kind of seeing him for what he is, um, like and realizing that they were big, like the amount of ridiculous things they probably did when they were younger. Um, I also probably have a decent sized uh, man crush on Patty Considine though in yeah. any movie he's in. So you know, he's uh, you know he's. But uh, no, I think he's just a, it's a really good character. It's like the middle of the uh, uh, like he's like sort of the middle of the pack of those characters because it's like every kind of character amongst like the uh, amongst the five of them that get that get together. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can tell like they've they had history the whole time, but like, and he seems completely annoyed by him the whole time. But at the same time, he completely has his back at, you know, when it's time to have his back, it, he completely has his back. So for sure, it's, you know, I, I just, you know, it, it, I think it's a, it's just a really good character. Makes sense. Good pick. Uh, so number three, least favorite character in world's end. Um, the, uh, this is, this was again, hard. Cause I kind of, more than all of the movies, I like the way that they all interact with each other. Um, but the Martin Freeman character, I just was the least, you know, the the character I like the least. Um, again, he's he's very important. If you, you know, without spoiling the movie, he's probably of them the more important than the rest of them. Like it turns out, you know, to be more involved than you think, but like, yeah, I just, for, for the first half of the movie, I was just completely not interested in this character until it sort of, yeah, until it kicks off. It becomes the other movie that it becomes. Yeah, yeah. Um, can you, can you spoil, can you spoil a seven year old movie? I don't even know anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, who knows? You know, it's funny. It's a funny question too. Um, you know, people watch things at different times, even like tonight, you know, when The Walking Dead plays, like, I'll always see people, like, write something, and it's just, I don't know, just... I, I mean, there are people who like to immediately spoil it for somebody else, but, I mean, it's funny, though, because, like, I know of the three movies, like, if you saw Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, you may very well have not seen World's End, um, so... <laughs> yeah, it is my second favorite of the Edgar Wright movies, so... Yeah, I actually, I've seen, obviously, Shaun, and I've seen this, but I've never seen Hot Fuzz. Um, uh, so number, yeah, well, you might have an aversion to cops. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> number four question is, uh, in the world's end, if there's one scene that you would take out, what would it be? Um, there is a fight. There's a fight scene, um, in the bathroom of the pub. Oh, I've seen that. I love it. How dare you? It, it goes on too long. Okay. Like it just, goes on it just it it could be a little shorter again i love this movie so i mean i really wouldn't change yeah. very much about it um that gave me a but, halloween three vibe that scene <laughs> yeah i mean it, he's another one like 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 with tarantino and people like that like they're such they're they just grew up watching movies so like they're everything they do is so like yeah like tipping the hat to yep. something else that they that they love so i mean i love that you know it's yeah no i mean it's it's it, it i mean again even like what, what going back to hot fuzz it's like that's just a movie about police movies so it's like you know they're just sort of anything that you think that you've seen you know it's 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 like a combination of like the wicker man beats 
like wicker man, like a, po- a police officer from from a bigger place going to like the backwoods to kind of deal with like all the weird small town stuff. The remake and then of the wicker just, man. Like, the the original Wicker Man. I wouldn't. I don't. I I know there's bees in the remake. Aside from that, I don't really know very much about it. Uh, so, okay, so World's End. Uh, last question: If you were in the movie, uh, who would you play? Um, I, I would probably be Gary King, the character played by Simon Pegg, because again, I would I love a good pub crawl. Yeah, <laughs> I would be as. As anyone, you know, you don't drink, so you've you've never really fallen victim to this. But I mean, I'm pretty good at dragging people around bars, and uh, I've been dragged by making people. them make bad decision after bad decision. Um, and uh, you know, his love of Sisters of Mercy, which is you know one of the greatest bands of all time, and uh, you know, so I you know I can definitely relate. But then at the end, he kind of rises to the occasion and becomes heroic in like an apocalyptic situation, which seems to be an ongoing theme. Um, and that's where I would sort of not do very well. So, but the music and, you know, going on the pub crawl part is certainly, you know, making people go out on a pub crawl who don't want to go out on a pub crawl is that's a it. superpower that I possess. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that brings us to number one. And, and I know that you love this movie. I love this movie. I know that you wanted to do a Halloween set of uh, of the band that's in. Yes. Um, at some point that will happen. We need to assemble uh, the, the, the right crew of people. But yes, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Um, yes, I did want to do a sex bomb set at various points on Halloween for different Halloweens. Um, I love Scott Pilgrim. I love the books. I love the movie. Um, the movie and the books are so different from each other, yet it's a perfect, like, he combine like, they combine characters to make it work as a movie. Um, the books have a lot of stuff in it that were not in the movie, but it works perfectly as a movie. Like, if you tried to do all of this, you would have to make multiple movies. Um, when Scott Pilgrim came out, it didn't do that well theatrically, no, so they were never going to get to make a second one anyway, so... Um, I don't think, you know, beyond comic book nerds, I don't think anyone knew what Scott Pilgrim was. I had never read them until after I saw the movie. So, um, I just, I just thought it was interesting. I just thought it was awesome because visually it's one of those movies that visually was just like overwhelming. It's visually like nothing like that. I had really ever like that it worked like it's video game stuff. It's, you know, it's making because they combined elements of like there's a Scott Pilgrim video game. They combined elements of that. They combined a lot of the graphic novel stuff. I mean, there's a few animated sequences, but I mean, even the like the opening credits, the way the opening credits are in Scott Pilgrim, it's like right away, like when they do the Universal logo and it's like the pixelated 8-bit, like, you know, with the MIDI track kind of playing behind it. Like you, like right away, it's kind of setting it up yeah. for what it's going to be. And I mean, it's just, it's one of the most perfectly cast, like having read the books, it's like everybody looks like the, the people they're playing. Everybody sort of acts like the people that they're playing. Um, I love seeing just, yeah, and the sound, the soundtrack is just unbelievable. The original songs that are like meant to be, meant to be, you know, not like the Sex Bomb songs, which are meant to be not great songs. Um, but from what I've been 
told and when we've been trying to do the uh, the sex bomb sets, it's like they're remarkably complicated to sound not complicated because Beck and Nigel Goodrich wrote all of them. Oh, so they're like that. complicated, that... complicated, uncomplicated songs. So is that the, the dude from Bush? No, Nigel Goodrich is the uh, Radiohead's producer. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, so they did, yeah, they did the the they did him and Beck did the music for that for um, the movie, and then I mean, just the songs that they use throughout the movie are just great. You know, so like let, uh, let's let's get into it. Let's... Ramona Ramona by Beck, um, the. Uh, you know, I heard Ramona sing by uh, uh, Frank Black. Is, yep. And I like um, the Beachwood Sparks cover of Sade, which is great. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a it's a it's 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 obviously one of my favorite movies, but also it's just a perfect movie. Like I I can there's never a time where I won't watch it. Um, when we went up to Toronto again with Garland and Steph and Jackson and my, my kids, we went up to Toronto last year and we did like a self, we came up with a tour of like the imaginary location or the locations where it was shot, but like the locations in both the comic book and movie where that take, where it takes place. And we went to the various places like where he rides a skateboard down the rails and all that. We went to all the different places and did our own tour of, <laughs> an imaginary world um and we even ate in pizza we even ate pizza pizza which was terrible pizza um and we had it twice but we went to the one that they eat in in the movie so yeah. you know that was you know that big 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 nerd like nobody like people just, you know if people were watching us they would just wonder what the fuck we were doing it was just like a random <laughs> i'm sure your kids were wondering that too <laughs> uh let's get into it then so uh scott pilgrim favorite scene um, there's, again, there's, there's two. And for two different reasons, the first, the first time he talks to Ramona, where he kind of like walks up to her against the wall and just starts babbling about Pac-Man, <laughs> um, is like, I, like so relatable to like anybody who's ever sure. gone in with a plan of what they were going to say. And then just like shit the bed. Um, and then you realize like halfway through what you're saying that it's ridiculous and you're like, ah, and you just kind of like try to like Irish exit out of the scene. Um, but the scene where they go to see the clash of demon head is at ed- the editing of it. Like where it just keeps doing the split screens and you keep seeing like, wait, them looking from the audience, the band playing and it's like yep. set. It's, it's edited perfectly to the music. Um, when, when Scott realizes that the bass player who is his ex-girlfriend's, current boyfriend was also Ramona's ex-boyfriend. Like, it's like just the way, like without them really saying a word and just the music playing, you can tell everything that everyone's thinking in that scene. And like how, like they're all learning, like oh, what the situation is. So yep. like that scene, just the way that that scene's edited is just it's so amazing. Yeah, and, it's, the, it, the song, and the song is great. So it's like, it's amazing. Know. Like that, that's the type of stuff that, you know, you take a good director and then <clears throat> you know, you have a scene like that and that's where like a, a guy like Ed, Edgar Wright and a lot of people like him that are great directors really excel. And, and that's one of those scenes that, you know, that it shows you something like yeah. very different. You're like, wow, this is so fucking cool right now. He's, he's, I mean, his 
strong so- suit has always been like he does these like transitions even from like one scene to the next like the editing like he just the way that he transitions things are amazing and i mean and scott pilgrim it's you know he throws everything at the you know like there's graphics on the screen and there's a narrator who like there's words stuff just shows up on the screen um that throughout the movie there's x's all the time in different scenes there's like the the different the different ex ex-boyfriends and the one girlfriend like they're where at different points you see numbers that denote which one they are out of the seven it's like it's it's great. Yeah. It, there's so much in there. Like you can watch it forever. And you could it, watch it yeah, three or four times and pick up something different. So, um, so like every yeah, everything about it is just I yeah I love I just it's I love the and I mean the cast is like, it's one of the most stacked casts. I mean then they were all less known, but like going back and looking like you know like Chris Evans like in a small role, Brie Larson you know who has an Oscar now you know in 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 playing Envy. You know, like Aubrey Plaza's in it. You know, Brandon Brandon Routh who played what Superman. I'm terrible at superhero movies. Me too. But like he's in it. Jason Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman, yeah. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. You know, and my personal, you know, Kieran Culkin. Shout out, one of my favorite <laughs> actors. Yeah. So, um, so give me your favorite character. <clears throat> my favorite character is actually the character that Kieran Culkin played, which is when Kieran Culkin became my favorite. Uh, actor was probably watching this movie was Wallace Wells, um, who's Scott's roommate, who's also my favorite character from the books. Like he's just like like Scott's sort of flighty and all over the place, and Wallace is more uh, grounded, but he's also kind of like like a like a really sarcastic asshole and. Another, I mean, great scene is when he's heckling the band from the from the balcony at at the Battle of the Bands, and and they're like, "We hate you, and we we hope you die, or whatever." He's like, ah, it's great. I love this one. You know, like like, and he's just like like just heckling them the whole time, and it's just like such a great scene. Um, but yeah, he's like almost like the Jiminy Cricket, I guess, like where he's like sort of some sort of conscience to Scott who's just sort of going through and not realizing like kind of all the people he's fucking up along the way. Very cool. Um, so then number three brings us to our, your least favorite character of Scott Pilgrim. Um, my least favorite character is Todd, the bass player um, for the clash of demon head. And the only reason is because that whole, like that character is completely, or I mean, I guess really so the drummer for the Clash of Demon Head, who doesn't say a word in the movie, her name is Lynette in in the comic book. Um, it's th- those the combination of those two because they combine those two into one character um, in the movie, and it's I, I wish that they got more into the drummer character because like there's the whole thing like if you look closely, she has a bionic arm, like you see it in the background. They never mention it in the movie, but there's a whole thing in the comic book where, you know, she has a bionic arm and like when, when knives gets punched in the face and they knock the hair, the color out of her hair, she actually hits her, <laughs> which is slightly less jarring than him hitting her. Um, she, she gets hit with the bionic hand, which is why she loses. But like, you know, like, but like, I also kind of like, he's like, not, you know, like, I have a lot of friends who are vegans, so I don't say all vegan. Like, but like he's so obnoxious about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like you know, 
yeah, kind of, I don't know, gives, yeah. gives vegans a bad name. For sure, I don't for know. sure. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I eat everything, but, you know, like, yeah, it's just sort of like, he just seems, it's just such a dick. Uh, again, a necessary character, but in the, that's the one part where I thought, like, in the comic book, like, they, they, they could have, like, made that scene just a little bit more. Okay. So yeah, I mean that's the only reason. It's just a perfect movie. Well, you know, it well, is. There's, there's no, there's no bad characters. Because I was going to say that brings me to the fourth question. Um, the movie's so perfect, and I know it's one of your favorites. Can you even think of a scene that you would take out of it? I can because there's a cop out answer to this that I can. There's an original ending which I don't know if you've ever seen. I've never seen. So I have like some weird. I have multiple DVDs and Blu-rays of this movie, um, including like they did one that was like a steel book because God knows you need those. Does that one have with, penetration? Like, the comic book out on the cover. So I got that. And as one of the extras, it has um, the alt- what they call the alternate ending. But if you read about it, it's actually the original ending that they tested it and people, I guess, didn't like it. Okay. Um, it's probably the more fitting ending to the movie um, and the nicer ending. However, um, I mean, fuck it. The movie's 10 years old yeah. at the end of the movie where he ends up with Ramona, which is like the nice ending. And they go off into the distance and you see the countdown. Um, the alternate ending is Ramona just leaves and he stays with knives and knives is a perfectly nice character and a perfectly, you know, like she doesn't do anything wrong throughout the whole movie. And for some reason, when I saw this fucking alternate ending, I was so annoyed by it. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, why? Like, I wish I didn't watch it. Like, yeah. it, it bothered me so much because I love the movie so much that it was just like, it it, it irritates me so much. Um, I was going to watch it earlier just before this. And I was like, no, nah, I can't watch it again. Like, it just it's, bothers it's, you. It's, it's, <laughs> And it's like, it's again, it's like a completely reasonable ending to the movie. And it's probably the nicer ending to the movie. But it's just like, you know, obviously it's not just me because they tested it and nobody liked it. Well, here, <laughs> enough that they changed here, it. Here I am thinking you wouldn't have an answer to that, but I know that there was an alternate ending. And the other thing is they, they had only written four of the six Scott Pilgrim books when the movie was being made. So the last two were written. I mean, Brian Lee O'Malley, who wrote the books, wrote the script with Edgar Wright, and they worked on the movie together. So they stay similar, but from that point on, it gets very different, like if you read the books, because he wasn't really tied to anything. The movie already existed, so he could sort of, you know, he wasn't trying to match the ending, it seemed. So, yeah, well. um, yeah. so, I mean, it's it's the ending that most people have never seen that, I mean, it's maybe one of my least favorite scenes in any movie I've ever seen because it bothered me so much when I saw it. So I was like, oh, let's it's really. Let's do this. Uh, let's do this last one here to wrap up. Um, if you were in Scott Pilgrim, what character would you be? The character that I would most likely. That I, I think the character that Aubrey Plaza plays, Julie, who just seems annoyed by everybody all the time because ah. um, yeah i can get and whenever and i love whenever she curses they like jumble her mouth and they like they like they like make it like just you know they distort it so you can't hear what she's saying yeah um but yeah that character i i just think that again that character there's a lot more of that character in the books but um 
she's just a great character and just like just seems perpetually annoyed by everybody, which is yeah. Sometimes I can very much relate to that. Sometimes you know people can be real annoying. Very very fantastic, um, man. All right, so we just went through. The Edgar Wright five movies. I know you're a big fan, so I know people get a lot of fun and insight from this. Uh, I know it's making me want to rewatch some of them. Um, and man. hopefully in uh, September we can go see uh, his new movie. I know. <laughs> I'm hoping, you know, every ticket that actually I only had the Waves ticket and Group Love. So, uh, I didn't really miss out. I had uh, Against Me, um, Less Than Jake, uh, supposed to go down to Asbury Park with Hugo and company. Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, there's a a, a few, I guess, coming up. Uh, I want to go see Therapy in Belfast in in October, so hopefully that's still happening. How's Ireland doing with the quarantine? I mean, a lot of Ireland's isolated by just being kind of rural, so they're, I guess, slightly better off. But I mean, you know, like everywhere else, I guess they're getting their asses kicked. Um, another thing that that uh, Edgar Wright, by the way, well, he has a documentary that he's been working on for a couple of years now about the band Sparks. Wow. Okay. That will come out at some point, which is like it's funny because I love Sparks, and Sparks is like a love hate proposition like people either love them or hate them and i'm like like that seems like something that was made like sort of just for me where i'm just like wow he's making a guy a director that i love making a movie about a band that i love that like who like nobody gives a shit like like nobody's gonna go see a documentary about sparks nobody's paying money to go see a documentary about sparks but yeah, hey, maybe next he'll do one on, on idlewild you know why not we, yeah. you know he'll, he'll do he'll do the He'll do the he'll do the playing dead documentary in you know, yes in fifteen years so. yes yeah. definitely but uh cool man so this went a lot longer than I thought it was gonna be so that's good because <laughs> we have a lot of content I mean it just you know with this could be almost like its own episode the uh the Edgar Wright jump but uh yeah we're we're almost at at an hour so that's good and uh, Tom thank you for sitting at home and talking to me and uh i forgot this yes now i can once i hang up i'm just gonna sit at home and watch some other movie so you know i'm gonna go have dinner and uh cool man i'm gonna try to get to all this by tomorrow and put it up yes and And, uh uh, hopefully we can uh we'll hang out at some point soon we'll We'll do something we'll hang out i'll see you in december all right once, 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 uh, once we're allowed out of the house. Yes. <laughs> All right. Cool. Let... Tell Karen I said hi. I will. All right. All and right. yes, we got it. We have a big, we have to do a, 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 the ultimate sing, sing, throw down after, you know, the ultimate. Sing, sing, yes. <laughs> it's the ultimate. Sing. All right. Cool. All right. I'll talk to you. All right. Bye. Cool. All right. Um, yeah. Red River. George. If I rule the world. Hey, hey. Sam. <laughs> What's going on, man? <laughs> Not much, man. What's going on? Just uh, sitting in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I, so 
I don't know how you've been feeling during this lockdown, but I'm just yeah. not feeling super creative. I'm not feeling like I wanted to do a podcast. I'm not feeling like playing guitar, writing songs. I feel like mm. I, ju I just want the world to restart again so I could feel, uh, I don't know, I'm just not feeling creative. So I, I kind of force myself to, 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 to do stuff like this um, to, to, I guess, regain some normalcy. Um, so yeah. I, I figured, let me reach out to four people, obviously two of them that do the show, uh, and then right. two, <laughs> two other people. And I'm like, let's just check in. Let's just have a fucking, uh, a podcast check in on some people from across, you know, the island or the globe, uh, and see what the deal is. That makes sense. Yeah, it, it's definitely a, a weird time. And, and, and in some ways, you know, like, obviously, you and I would do in the podcast together, and you gracefully said, you can do the podcast here. So I would have something to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I keep there's just a few things I got to buy to be able to record, which I can do at any point. <clears throat> but it has been a little bit of a block, like, hey, do I want to do this? Maybe I should wait, you know, there's always tomorrow. And uh I think you're right. I think, you know, you got to kind of uh, just step into it and do something and uh, get back on board. It, it really was. Um, and it's always this fucking, you know, UK Davey being so instrumental. He like messages oh, me. Yeah. He messages <laughs> me and he's just like, yo, he's like, you guys got to do another show, man. He's like, this coronavirus can't take out Red River. And I was like, yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm like. I'm going to do one tomorrow. And at that moment, I, I kind of just came up with the idea of doing like the four separate ones, um, you know, like 15 minute pieces stuck together. And uh, it was just because if you didn't just jump into it, like you said, it's like, oh, all right, I'll do it Monday and then Thursday and then Saturday. And it's just like, right. eh. Which was part of the reason as to why I got you involved in the podcast with me, because I was like, ah, there's always tomorrow. And uh, I needed a partner. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how that started. But I, when you say Davey Bright, I it just put him in a ca category of like the guy who just always wants other people to do well. Yes. And he's so interested in everyone else's projects. He's like Chris Enriquez. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like that, too. Actually, you're very like motivational. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I don't know if people, that's not the right word. Cause that sounds like Tony Robbins, <laughs> but you're very like, uh, yeah. So what's going on with your thing? You really kind of want to know, like in a, in a, in an honest way, like what, what people are doing, I like, how the project is going. I like when people, you know, I, I like being involved. Like if you're telling me you're making a movie, I want to talk to you. I want to help you. Um, if you're telling me you're trying to put together a band and you need a bass player, I want to help you. Um, yeah. And, and it's just because, uh, I don't know, I like I like stuff like that. So if someone's being creative in any way and they need help, like I just feel like even if I could connect them with someone, um, I just, I like it. I like, I, I like being able to, you know, if someone's missing a piece, if I could help them get to that next level, like I love doing that. Yeah, you're, you're, you're a connector. And, you know, like Davey, like, well, Chris is very much... Chris Enrique is very much a connector too, you know. Not not so much me, or you know. Well, you know, maybe now. <laughs> but I'm I'm always rooting for you, you know, for, for people. But well, I'm not the guy you call when you need a bass player. That's for sure. <laughs> Let me call George up. I need some. I need a bass player. Um, I think George would want to play bass. 
Well, as soon as that next Mind Over Matter reunion happens, that's when they're going to call you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah man you you definitely did the uh, the biggest irish goodbye on on saint patrick's day which was like it was I did and and you you made it out of new york before everything got really um locked down um even the, yeah. the house selling like that's like seriously like it was almost like if if you decided mentally that you were going to sell a house a week after you first thought of it, like you probably would have been stuck somewhere in Selden. It's true. I was just talking about this with my parents today. Like if any, you know, if, if people understand, like when you sell a house in New York, it's not like other States, it, it actually takes a lot of time. It takes longer than, than normal. But I decided like mid December, like, I think I really want to do this and um, put the house up for sale on January 2nd. And it kind of went so quick, you know, everything went very smoothly and I closed on March 12th and, uh, but there was just a lot to do in between a lot of, uh, things to do. And part of it was like, I have a lot to do, but it's almost like when, um, someone's pregnant and they don't want to say they're pregnant till a certain month. Yeah. yeah. So I had this thing about moving that I really didn't want to say what I was doing to everyone until I knew that I was definitely going to do it, but I still felt like up until the last minute, like this probably isn't going to happen. Uh, I, I just, could, I get a test. I could go. definitely say the same. Cause like, even when you told me and I knew it was happening, but I didn't say anything to anyone. Like, yeah, even, even like the last couple of days, like once you were like, Oh yeah, I'm leaving this date. I was like, Whoa. <laughs> I'm like, and that was like a few days before, you know, I'm like, I guess, yeah, he, I guess and, he's leaving. And I'm like, well, it'll probably take like six months to do this, you know, sell a house and all that, just thinking rationally. So, you know, it went quick. And and the thing is, is like, you can't really, once you start getting a real estate agent and you start moving along and think there's buyers and different things, you can't be like, oh, wait, slow down. You just have to keep doing it. So that's what happened. And it went really quick. And, you know, I, it, it's it it came up and it's what I wanted. Of course, there's a certain amount of of uh, people that I love back home and that I miss, and you know I feel awful almost in a way being here and they're there and everything that's going on. But as far as it literally getting, I always think of the Indiana Jones where he's like jumping. You know, there's like a door closed and he like you know slips out underneath and he sticks his hand back in and grabs the hat yep. and pulls the hat in. <laughs> That's what it felt like. And then I was like on a plane on St. Patrick's Day with 20 other people. Like everyone canceled their flights and it was just crazy. It was like. And what what did anyone have masks on by then? Yes. Even though it wasn't, you know, every day has gotten crazier and crazier. It wasn't the best flight I've ever taken in my life. <laughs> I had like my own personal stewardess. I mean, they were literally like, there's no one on the plane. You can sit wherever you want. So everyone obviously was like social distancing. Yeah. And um, even the airport itself, there wasn't many people in there. Everything was closed and people were cleaning like I've never seen before. So in a, in a weird way, I was like, I'm actually, it's actually a little safer here than you know going to 7-eleven or something you know yeah but, yeah um, yeah which yeah. you know it's uh i live with someone who's very precautious so she uh if it was up to me i probably would have gotten it by now i probably would have been dead two weeks ago if i if i was living by myself uh, um but i yeah. think you and i are similarly skeptical yeah and i think 
you know, how can you not be? There was so much, you know, there was SARS and there was these different things. I think just a natural reaction is to be somewhat skeptical of what's going on. And, you know, I'm still a little skeptical in a way, you know, because things just change all the time. But, you know, you could be skeptical and be compliant. Yeah. You, you could, know, you, you could be. Yeah. Yeah. You could do that. And, and you could be, um, you know what it is like? I don't mind taking precautions. I just want them to be rational. I don't want them to be yeah. just to make your mind feel better, you know, and that's 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 the a lot of the arguments that we have here are, you know, it's like I want to do stuff that makes sense. I don't want to do stuff because you're superstitious, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, you could be, you know, a lot of the conversations I've had are people like, you know how can you even worry about the economy? How can you even worry about jobs because people are getting sick? I'm like, you can worry about both. Fuck yeah, you, you can, can worry about government overreach and also be as compliant as they want you to be because I don't know what the answer is. You know what I mean? Like you can hold thoughts in your head at the same time and be a little skeptical, but be like, okay, I'm going to wear a mask and wear gloves. I do it everywhere I go here, you know, just because I don't know any, I don't know any different, but, doesn't mean you can't be a little skeptical, you know, that's, that's okay too. Yeah. You also, you know, just in case, I, I mean, really what, what, what shook it to me was, um, you know, the dude from fountains of Wayne, I'm like, that fucking dude died. Oh my God. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like I'm learning, you know, that thing you do on the guitar like two weeks before that news. And I was just like, I'm like, this motherfucker died. I'm like, Adam Schlesinger died. I'm like, that's f like, I guess it kind of just like brought it down to me. And then, uh, you know, like we know people now that have had it and all this other shit. And, sure. Um, but, you know, whatever, man, it's what are you going to do? I, I feel like I feel like um, the dude on Rogan. I remember a long time ago, probably like in February uh, when he had the guy on. He was saying that it, it's if you have a fucked up immune system or if you're overweight, if you have something wrong like it's going to attack you worse um and that's kind yeah. of like what got that thought in my head and uh you know who knows it just seems like such a lottery you know like it's it affects everyone so different and and some people get it and some people don't some people are asymptomatic and it's just uh i don't know man yeah and i think you know it's going to be something where you know, even like when there was the AIDS epidemic, if you read about it now as about to, you know, as opposed to what was coming out about it and what what had happened in those years in the 80s, you know, everybody in the 90s, you know, everybody was scared. Um, different information now than there was back then. It's only natural. There's a panic. There's misinformation. You know, you mix in media and politics. It's a conglomerate of 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 just a swirling mess of things going on. So that's what's going to happen with this too. Once things pass, maybe it might take five years. It might take 10 years to find out exactly what the numbers were. People who had passed, who had compromised immune systems, or maybe they were in hospitals and passed of something else, their numbers got counted in a different way or, you know, a near miss, you know, it could be bigger in certain areas than we, than we even know. So I, I just think it's the nature of it in the future. Yeah. We'll know, we'll, you know, we will calmer head. They can find out calmer for sure. Cause like, I, I don't know shit, you know, and, and I'm sure yeah. even like the people, you know, the, the thing with misinformation these days is it's, 
back then it was way harder to spread. Now it's just like, did you see that YouTube link, bro? It's fucking like, you're like, ah, uh. <laughs> you know, you start like dealing with those people and you're like, oh boy. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, as skeptical as, as I am of the government, I can't jump on to like, oh, the government did this or China did this or, but I, you know, and on the other side, I don't jump on to like, everybody's going to die <laughs> either, you know? So you just got to kind of, uh, at some point, you know, you, you do you deal with the best information you have. You take precautions, you try and keep a, a rational, reasonable head about yourself. And at the end of the day, you are responsible for your own body, you know? So you're taking risks. Um, you got to deal with it. That's how that goes. I just yeah. miss band practice. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you like, know. And if it, if it wasn't for, like, if we all lived, if we were all four single guys, I think we would play. We would just take the chance to be like, okay, none of us have it. Um, yeah. But when it comes to, you know, Rich's fiance and Dave having a wife and a daughter and me having Karen here, Steve's the only one. Exactly. <laughs> Steve's the wow. only one that's just like, he, he's like, why aren't we playing again? And I'm just like, I completely respect your fucking, your hustle. But it's just because if I come back with something unknowingly, I, like I'll never hear the end of it. That's the strange thing about it because it puts you in a weird headspace because you don't want to be the dick who brought this thing unknowingly. You didn't get it, but yeah. you passed it along to someone who doesn't deserve it. So it, it it's such a weird <laughs> yeah. psychological thing when you're like, I'm like, I'm just running this to the store right now, but I don't want to, you know, then bring it to my parents. Yeah. You know, I, I have all the faith in the world that I would be fine. And wrong or right, it might be the wrongest per- perception to have. But I have to deal with it. But I, then you're like, I don't want to be bringing around other people. <laughs> and that's, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm of that mindset. Up. Same thing. Like, yeah. we're, we're like, if I get it, it's like, okay, I'll just deal with it. And it's going to suck. Um, right. But, but I just don't want to give it to someone else. So, um, what the, yeah. What's Vegas like? It's, uh, the, the weather's beautiful, man. It's like, you know. You showing off them the white. Morning. You showing off them white legs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's you know, it's like hoodie weather. You know, it's just how you know. I love it. It's actually been raining here, which isn't common. So I figured that's my fault. Yeah. Um. Probably. But you know, super bright and sunny. You know, it's a little weird because I can't do the things that I planned on doing, seeing the things that I planned on seeing. Um. Obviously, there's like, you know, even work and stuff like that is like everything's just halted, you know, but, you know, me personally, like, like I was, I was sending pictures to you. I'm a jeweler. So I have, you know, two shops worth of equipment that I shipped here. And right away, I put an ad out on Craigslist to rent a garage from somebody um, so I could set up there. So I got a really, really cheap spot. It's secluded. There's nobody there. Even the woman who owns it. I don't even see her super cheap. So I set it all up. So in this time that there's all downtime and I can't really like work, work, I can make all the stuff that I was making before, before I left. So for me personally, it's actually been, you know, pretty productive as far as that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's a, you know, you were working in solitude in your basement. Now you get to do it, you know, in Vegas. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, at least you get to, you have to, you get to do something, you know, and, uh, I I thrive on schedules, man, and that's yeah. once you take that schedule away from me, I'm just like I don't know, I lose motivation. I need to have just enough time to be late 
for something. You know, like that, <laughs> that's just like how I roll. Like I need, I need to be five minutes late to everything and just make it and have like eight things to do in a week that I could barely. I don't get think to. of you as like a late person type of guy. Like no, a few but minutes, I, but, but I mean, like, yeah, I'm saying, like, you know, it just like I need that. I need that that uh that fast paced schedule where I feel like I'm juggling right. shit, and by the time Saturday night comes, I just fall asleep, and I'm like, okay, gotta do it again. <laughs> Yeah, I think you and I have like differing things because I can't do like two bands. I can never. I had two bands overlap once, and I was like, "This blows." And uh, like, I can do the podcast with you, and that's pretty much it. And then the rest is like work and regular life. But you're happier when you are juggling a lot of projects. Well, yeah, it's creative stuff. You know, the podcast. Yeah, the, the, just anything to do with anything. Um, uh, yeah, I like it because it just, uh, I don't know at a certain point, you, you know, like you figure this, you spent your whole life in bands though. Um, yeah, for me, like it wasn't really a thing until one day at like the age of 24, I was like, I think I'm going to be in a band. You know what I'm saying? So like, I feel right. like it wasn't, and it wasn't until like the age of 27 where I was like, oh, okay, I'm playing in a band and we're going to make a record. So it was just like, I was so far the age of everyone um that i feel like i'm still young and i still want to do a bunch of shit because i just i don't know i didn't get i i just didn't like you know i was doing different shit at that age and um one day i just had the the courage to be like i want to play with a drummer <laughs> right you know, now i just want to get it i just want to keep going and you know making shit because i feel like i lost so much time um and the beauty about, you know, guitar and vocals is, you know, whether it's with the band, which I prefer, or by myself, you know, like I could write a song and I could just play it by myself, you know, it's, that's, that's the beauty of not being only the drummer, only the bass player, only the singer. It's like you, you know, I, I have the, the songwriting tool and then I could, I could do the vocals. That helps. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's funny because I think it's all like how the mindset and the way you see it, like the way you just explained that about, well, it's guitar and vocals and it's just like this. Me, like my whole life of doing songs and being a singer, playing live or being in a studio or anything to do with being in a band, I always think of as difficult and like laborious mm. to this day, <laughs> you know, like. If there was a show on Friday, I would think about it all fucking week and somewhat prepare, whether it was eating correctly or like, you know, breathing exercise, whatever it was like. And I just think that's, you know, it's like if it's just how your brain is wired, right? Like I got to put all my concentration into this one thing to get it as good as it can be. And that's my brain, you know, and that's probably it's just probably not true because after so many years you, you you know what you're doing you don't need all this extra effort you know but i still kept it as like a a, a thing that needs a lot of focus and attention do you, do you think and, it, in a way that probably is what burned me out well do you, it was probably do, you just, do, do you think it's because people expect like a high quality from you because like for me like you know we never had a fan base no one was ever waiting for our record you know we never had like hundreds of people at our shows no one was waiting for our reunion. So like in a way, like you have the pressure of being like George from mind over matter or George from day in the life. I don't, I don't think it's like that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it, it's as usual. It's, a, it's more than one thing, 
you, know, you probably do want to make sure you're doing something good um, for people who like the thing you did before. But it's also like, I think because in the beginning, I had zero idea of what I was doing. I had no business singing or playing <laughs> in a band and playing with, you know, Artie Shepard and people who, and Eddie Reyes and, and you know, Scott and John, the people who were talented. Yeah. I always had to work a lot harder. And I think I just kept up that mindset of like working at it, working at it. And um, which is good, you know. But I think if, if some of the views I, I've always had about it was that, it, you know, it could never be super fun being in a band. Like it was serious business. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I had fun. Believe I get, me. Yeah, I, I mean, get you it. You know that. But it was just the way it was, you know, and that even towards the end, it's like shows got canceled. I'd be like, awesome, <laughs> you know, and, and, and it never felt like that. But it was, it was starting to like tip to the other side where the pressure of it can be a motivator and then at some point when the pressure of it that you put on yourself becomes on fun and then it then you just don't really you just like why am i doing this you know yeah that's why like the podcast is like the same thing it's like i take take it really seriously and i was like well i want to do it like this and you and i put together notes and have lots of stuff printed but it's like the motivating like okay well we want to be you know hit the ground running and be as good as we can be um, it's still a motivating factor. It, yeah, you, you don't know, want to but, suck at it, you know, because some there's yeah. people, you know, people do, you know, I've heard, I've heard podcasts where they don't care. Uh, same thing with a band. Like uh, yeah. when, when yep. we when we play a terrible set, it crushes me. I question yeah. why I'm even playing. But some people play a terrible set and they're just like, fuck it. It was fun. <laughs> I, I wish I was like that, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, sometimes I have the ability to just let it roll off my back, be like, yeah, whatever, you know, you win some, you lose some. Um, but deep down, I would, I would, I would be bumped. I wouldn't take it out. I wouldn't show, you know, like uh, show it in front of the band necessarily. I'd be like, yo, this sucks. Why are we doing this? Just fuck this place. You know, it wasn't like that ever. But inside, you, you inside, know, you get yeah, that like, for sure. yeah, yeah, you're not throwing a whiskey bottle at your drummer like, well, you didn't hit it. Oh, no, 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 yeah, no, no. It's not head, like that yeah. at all. No, yeah. in my head, because I'm thinking like, wait, this is the only thing that I'm good at. And when I'm not good at it, it affects me internally. But yeah, like I'm just, I would never <laughs> throw a whiskey bottle. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. My, um, I, my niece is 17 and she's, you know, more talented in her pinky finger than you and I times 10 of our friends have ever been <laughs> nice <laughs> it's like that it's just I you know it. people just born with a good voice and yes. you're like okay where did that come from um and she's uh you know trying to learn how to uh, record and edit and all that stuff and it's frustrating and you know i talked to her back and forth a little bit about it and it's like she just kind of wants to like you know know how to do it and not learn how to do it and it's at 17, you, everybody's like that no matter what. Yep. But it's, we're having these conversations like, we're, we're you know, like art is just frustrating. It just is. There's no way around it. Like to get what's in your, in your mind or in your heart out onto a piece of paper or recorded or to match, you know, or to do what somebody wants you to do. You know, it's a difficult thing. And I was trying to talk to her about like, it just is. And you got to get over that hump. Because if you don't get over that hump, you can't because you don't want to have people rushing in to fix it. And that's what was happening. It was like other people were like fixing it for her. And I was kind of like, well, if that happens, then it's never going to get easier. 
But if you learn how to do it, then it's yours forever. Yeah. Then you own it, you know, and then you can really be happy with something. You can really be proud of something. And, um, you know, it's just that thing that, that frustration of art. It's, it's, it's a difficult thing to, uh, to just having you. And not, I don't think everybody has it. Not everybody has that artistic thing that they have to get out there, you know, it's, and uh, when it you is. do, it, it's frustrating. Yeah. It's, it can, it could be the best thing in the world and then it could be the yeah. worst thing. You know, it's just that, that's it. Like when it's high, it's high. When it's low, it's like, Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, it can be, you know, it can really be the motivating factor of your life. You know, it can be the thing that, you know, the glue that keeps it all together or keeps you sane, but it, you know, time and time again, it, it proves to be uh, frustrating, but you know, it's like the dichotomy of an artist. You go back for more. You yeah. Just yeah. Keep going back. That's it. You know, you, I tell people cause they're like, Oh, you know, about us making a lot of records and I'm like, man, cause it's the goal is to just look at what you did and just like internally want to just crush the last record that you put out, you know, that's yes. it. You're like, okay, uh, that was cool, but I need to fucking, you know, kill it. And, uh, you know, time will tell, you know, when you look back at your shit, you're just like, okay, maybe this wasn't as good as that. And that wasn't as good as this. Uh, but at the time, you know, at the time, that's how you're supposed to feel. You're supposed to be like, okay, these songs are going to crush this and and that's it, you know. And as long as you feel that way when you're doing it, then it just doesn't really matter, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. So I asked you, I you know, to let's yes. uh, do a little uh, top five for us just to check in with you um, now that we're all checked in. I asked you to give me five albums that you love of the you know, being that you are known for being in hardcore bands, I asked you to pick something outside of that genre. So top five non-hardcore albums that you love. All right. Number five. So uh, do I list all five? Or nah, do yeah, just, just number five. One? Yeah, go go number five and then just give me a little something on it. All right. Well, these are, you know, I'm, everyone's going to say the same thing. It was difficult to pick five and these are not in order. Am I right? Sure. Everyone probably says that shit to you. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh you know, just uh, we'll start with um, Public Image Limited, um, Happy. Okay. 1987. Um, yeah, I mean, that record, you know, it reminds me, like, at the time, I was, you know, just, like, skateboarding a lot. Like, just really getting into skateboarding. Probably just started to hear a little bit of punk and hardcore. But, um, you know, the record itself, you know, it has a big 80s sound. <laughs> you know there's no way around it it's got those big reverby drums and stuff like that but it's johnny rotten just in there you hear that anger you hear his like particular singing style and you know he's the guy that i you know i've i've always tried to do that thing where you do a lot with very little <laughs> you know he doesn't sound like he was a born singer either you know so you you kind of take what you do and and you you kind of like you know, lay it on top of a song where you, you, you try and hope you fit or, you know, sound like you might fit. And, you know, the thing about this album too, is that he, you know, the, the name of the album is happy, but the song happy is on the next album. Oh, that's funny. It's not actually that. on this album. Yeah. And we did that too. In mind of a matter, there was now the seven inch was called hectic thinking. I stole that from Johnny rotten. <laughs> it was uh, called hectic thinking, but the song hectic thinking was on the next record. And, um, you know, I just over the years just stole little things from his singing style and, um, just his, 
the way he approaches vocals to me was very influential. Do you think but, that he, uh, you know, he, I was going to say, do you think he won the argument with Marky Ramon or no? No, <laughs> I didn't think so either. I don't. <laughs> I think he's got many, many brilliant moments, but there's a lot more just like, come on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> there's plenty of those too. Cause he works very high and low. You know, he goes for it when he's talking, singing, performing or whatever. Sometimes he falls flat on his face, you know, but I can appreciate that. For sure. Him, you know. Cool. Next album. But, uh, next one is Jane's Addiction. The first one, Triple X. Okay. So, it, you know, it's that, you know, their records, I could probably pick any one of them. You know, it's like, you know, sometimes if I'm listening to uh, a Bad Brains record, I feel like I'll just listen to eye against eye for like a month. And then you're like, Oh, you really like quickness for a month. So it's like that with Jane's addiction. Um, but the first one I picked because, you know, the time that they put it out, I mean, there's just a million reasons that the, this record has no business being as awesome as it is. It's pretty <laughs> you know, fucking it was a awesome. risk. You know, they, it, they made it live, which it really wasn't live. You know, they kind of like, I guess probably recorded live and then went into the studio and overdubbed in all, all the, you know, cheers and all that stuff. And, you know, there's harmonies on it. There's nobody in the, in the band doing backup harmonies, but just the whole vibe of it, you know, the way it starts with trip away and ends with chip away. And um, the two cover songs that they did on there, you know, they, they really just put in this fierceness in there that you can hear from beginning to end. But when it gets sweet and soft it's it's beautiful but it still has this live feel and you know and and it it almost because it's live it almost skips the whole 80s sound that nothing shocking had nothing nothing shocking has like the big reverb sound had that i was reverb, talking about yeah yeah the pil and it almost takes away a little bit so this has that the thing james is one of those bands like everybody always said you gotta see him live and you saw and, them because um, I, I heard i saw you and derek talking about a show that you guys went to go see yeah, me and Derek Sessions, uh, we always talked about uh, seeing Jane's Addiction at the Ritz okay. in 19, I guess it was when Ritual came out. Okay. It was before Lollapalooza, um, but it was on that tour. And uh, it was one of those moments, you know, where I'd seen many hardcore bands that where the singer was just like you, you know. So yeah. I had that, that a lot of people probably hadn't seen. But when I saw Perry Fowle, he was just like you but nothing like you. He spoke right to the audience, even though that was a bigger audience than I was generally used to, you know, besides like, you know, cause usually smaller hardcore shows. So I always thought of big shows like that. And I probably thought I just kind of went there on a whim. I really didn't know them that much. Um, cause like this record came out in 87, but I didn't hear it till after ritual, you know? So, um, yeah, just it was like a one of those game changers because he was a band that I I saw them so like being able to kick ass, but also be very, you know, they always say like the between masculine and feminine that yeah, vibe, sure. where they just seemed like guys that 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 would throw down and fight, but also were were able to make beautiful music, and it's a, it's not an easy combination to do successfully. A lot of bands try, but it doesn't always work. Um, you know, Perry Fowle's not a good looking dude. He wasn't like, <laughs> you know, didn't stop him rocks. <laughs> yeah. You know, so there's just, there was a lot to it in that show. Um, and then hearing this record and having seen the show was incredible. You know, even like the, 
they have, you know, the songs like, you know, you know, uh, 1%, you know, he's talking about like, um, 1% bikers, not like the 1%, like, yeah, talks about his, now. I think his dad was his brother. His, his dad was bro- a jeweler. Okay. Oh, you're right. Then his, his brother yeah. was, that's right. What podcast was that? Oh, it was Mark Marin, wasn't it? Mark Marin. Yeah. 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 He had some fucking good stories, man. Yeah. Yeah. His dad worked on 47th street was right okay. you know there, there was a lot of things that i'd learned over the years that were intriguing to me about all of jane's addiction you know and and perry farrell and you know how much how creative he was how much of an asshole he was you know uh dealing with the music business there was a lot to it you know and then just being able to create that type of music and uh someone had, had said I, I, he was one of the guys at fishbone but he said like they started that whole modern primitive idea and I was like, oh, that, that's kind of kind of true. It was like dreadlocks, uh, you know, pierced nose, <laughs> yes. primitive but modern sounding music. And yeah. I was like, yeah, that's kind of what it was. You know, something tribal in it that you heard in the drumming. Oh, totally but, in the drums. Yeah, like, a, but a modern feel, you know, so. Yeah, th- those three records are as good as anything. If you're going to come out the gate with those three, like, it just makes sense why they went away after Ritual, you know, it was just like. I don't know. Yeah, it's just like yeah. this thing that just exploded with three albums and then, then that's it, you know? So, um, yeah. And I, I haven't like fell in love with anything after that, but you know. no, but that was, that's, that's a man. If that's your legacy, that's, that's a great legacy. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. So three, uh, Siamese dream. Wow. Good one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was another one that I heard Gish after Siamese dream. I probably heard, Gish, but didn't pay attention to it until after that. And that was, you know, this is one of the records that I heard being in a van, um, in a hardcore band, traveling around with guys like Artie Shepard and Scott Martin, you know, and they would put that stuff on that I probably wouldn't have ever heard. And you're subject to it because you're sitting there and then being able to, you know, get why these are incredible songs and why, you know, how you know, there's the obvious, like the lushness of it and the way that their sound is. And I don't know how they sound like they're recorded in heaven. Like, yeah, man. Big, like yeah. borrowed, you know, a studio from heaven. It's those hundred but, guitar uh, tracks. <laughs> yeah. And how does it, how do you do that? You know, especially once you start getting into studios and you're like, how do they do that? You know, I mean, they spent a million dollars, but, um, you know, there's there's like a like an art vibe to it. There's like a self-indulgent vibe to that record where they just jammed at points, but they oh there was always a hook. Always there a was hook. always some chorus to come back to, you know, even like the end of the record with um uh, Silver Fuck. Okay, Silver so, no, yeah. N- yeah, I guess it's one of the last songs. Okay, Silver yeah, Silver Fuck. Fuck. Yeah, Silver whole... Fuck's in the middle, yeah, where they, they just Man, because uh, those guys, especially Billy, actually more so Billy, like he was a shredder. Like when he wanted to, oh yeah, he would fucking shred like completely. He 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 had to have loved metal. Like we know that now. Yeah, you know, after seeing interviews with him, but even hearing it back then, you're like, these guys, these guys got to be a metalhead. Yeah, you know, to to do that and to just always come back to like, because I've heard all sorts of artistic records where i'm just like okay you lost me we're 10 minutes into this thing and i don't know where we are um but he had that ability to write a chorus or a hook 
the whole like yeah like in silver fuck it's you know um bang bang you're dead yeah hole in your head like all these risks that are incredible the way they just pull you back in that that record for me was huge and and so you figure that was like 93 i was about 15 and that's when i really started playing guitar um and it just spoke to me because what i liked back then were i loved heavy guitars the heavier the better but i loved melody and that band yeah. gave me that those two that's why i gravitated towards that really alt rock sound uh because pumpkins had fucking thick guitars but their melodies and harmonies were like fucking sugar and to me i was like wow this yeah. is so good it seemed like he pulled away from that in the next couple records oh, yeah, where he I didn't mean... overproduce his vocals and i you know it's like say what you will but it worked you know well, overproducing his vocals on Simon's dreams just fucking worked yeah you know I mean, just like anything, you know, like eventually people just make records and it's just, you know, the, the documentation of lightning in a bottle is great. You know, look at Appetite for Destruction. They made, you know, Guns Rose make yeah. that one record in 87 and somehow that they still sell out stadiums, you know, uh, 30 plus years later on that one yeah. record, you know? Yeah. I, um, I remember um, Artie Shepard said to me that mayonnaise is like steroid heaven. Yes. And I was like... Yeah, and I didn't understand what he meant. Like when he first said it to me, I was like, "No, it's not," because I was doing all the parallels. I'm like, "What? Everybody wants to play it. Everybody wants it. Like, what, what do you mean? Like, but it is, it is true. Like over time, it just gave me that vibe. Like when it, when it came on, like the way it began, like the song, the lyrics, like everything to it. I was like, I, I get what he means. It's almost like difficult to describe, but it, it, it is like that, and it's just epic. Epic. And it, you know, we yeah. got to play that. So our friend Michelle and her husband Dirk, they were getting married and they, they wanted us to play some, you know, they got a whole bunch of bands to play their wedding. And their wedding song was Mayonnaise and we got to play it. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. And we were just like, fuck, we're going to get to play Mayonnaise. So cool. Uh, awesome. Number two. Number two. Number four. Oh. Oh, we going. Oh, yeah. yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm new with this podcast game. Sorry, Sam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Public Enemy, Fear of a Black Planet. Nice. 30 years old. Yeah, I was going back and forth between Nation and Millions. I think I actually was thinking that first. Nation yeah. and Millions, of course. It's like, you know, it really just jumped up from Yo Bum the Rush to Show to Nation and Millions. Oh, just, just so incredible. much. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it, she watched Channel Zero, Black Steel, uh, Black Steel in the Hour of Chaos. Yeah. But I was kind of like, I moved more to Fear of a Black Planet because of uh, the way it opens up. I mean, the first, you know, they have the instrumental and right into Brothers Gonna, Brothers work, it gonna out. work It Out. Yeah. And Welcome to the Terror Dome is just, I mean, there's not even, it's, there's not even a chorus. It's just, it's it, just Chuck going crazy. It's, you know? man, you put that on, it's fucking hectic. Like that's yeah. a hectic fucking record. Like that's just an assault. And what did he say on Quali's podcast? He said he's like, yo, he's like, if if your girl, if my girlfriend hated what what we wrote, he's like, yes, we're doing something good or something like whatever he said. Dude, that's like, a hip hop guys don't say that. Yeah, that's punk and hardcore. I love yes. it. I mean, Ron Grimaldi would say about, that. <laughs> yeah, you know, like there shouldn't be chicks at our show. Like, that's what you would think yeah. like when you were young and in a hardcore band, like, and you know, he, the thing about it is he, when there's something that's like 
uh, hectic or frustrating in a song that's like manic or whatever. Producer wants to take it out. Hip hop artists always want to take it out. They don't run with it. And the Bomb Squad and Chuck D ran with it. Yeah. You know, th- that's not something that happens in hip hop. And you just hear all the, like the music that you would, they were putting together and it was it was risky to do something like that and and chuck doesn't like if you have loud crazy music that we're used to in order to be more intense usually the singer's got to be scream or yell be louder and just convey that like what he's trying to convey chuck doesn't get loud like it's a little loud but he doesn't yell he doesn't scream he's not like zach de la roca and yet it comes across it, it it almost feels like his voice shouldn't match PE yeah. as well as it does, and it does. And uh it's just yeah, chaos. It, it's just I love it. I love that chaos. production. And it, it's almost like if you listen to like Dillinger Escape Plan, like the shit that goes on behind, you know, the singer. It's yeah. just like every little noise that most people will be like, Yeah, that's just too weird and too dissonant. And you know, the bomb squad were like, yep. They're like, we're going to throw an alarm clock in here. We're going to throw a drill in here. We're going to throw a fucking yeah, plate down the stairs. <laughs> and then it ends on fight the power. Yes. So how can you go wrong? That's, you, you know, an- anthem. And it's still some of the best hip hop lyrics ever. And um, it fits so well and do the right thing. Well, you know, it's just incredible. R- Rich Jacovina commented when I posted black uh, steel, um, and he was like, that's the best opening line to any hip hop song. You know, it's like where I got, I got a letter from the government. So they were the government. Yeah. 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 And we were all like, you know what? You're right. Completely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Like, that's like the, the hardest fucking first line of any song. Uh, cool, man. But so the that, lyrics in there that, um, Elvis was a hero to most, yes. but he never meant shit. To, I mean, that is like, it just pops right in the middle of the song. It's, and it's like, whoa, you know, when you, that came out, it was like, you want to, yeah. I mean, want to bring it back to punk. It's just, give me a punk line that hits that hard. Like you could find some, but it's going to be equal because that's like, that's a, that's a line that Jello Biafra would be like, yep, that's pretty good. <laughs> and every part of their team or their record label must've been like, you can't say that. I don't know about that. Yeah, you and can't. you know, what's cool. You know how it goes, mother, fuck him and John Wayne, and yep. it's mother, and they have the, the 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 sensor noise, the beep. That's actually how it is. It's oh, not, it's like it's such a small detail, but that's how it is on the record. Never know. It's it wasn't censored for radio. It was like they did it that way, and it's almost like it's it's just it's just awesome. Like yeah, it you know, to think that way and just just put it on there. It almost like makes it pop a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so last I'm glad record. they made up. Yeah. Two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. It's, it's a publicity stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's dumb as shit I ever Yo, heard. listen. You and I again, discussed this already. We, we discussed it. And like I said, I I only, I imagine Flavor, Fla- Flavor fucks up the money so much that Chuck is probably like, I don't know what to do with this fucking guy, <laughs> you know, like for 30 years. So whichever excuse he wants to give me, I'll be like, you know what? That's fine. I'll wink and and just you know turn the cheek. <laughs> no, nah, I don't blame him. I they could fire or break up the band and do whatever they want. But his excuse, how it was all a joke, it was just wholly unsatisfying. I was like, dude, you can't like 
he was he was like you know hey to wake you guys up don't believe everything you hear yeah. i was like but from you <laughs> yeah a little unsatisfying but you're right you you kind of said it like hey man he's done so much stuff i like i'll give him a pass yeah because like, i'm enough. thinking like yeah. i can't imagine what it's like to deal with like you know like every day he probably gets an email be like yeah Yo, you know what flav's doing <laughs> yeah you know but uh right. cool last record so faith no more angel dust Woo. yeah so yeah i mean it was one of those it was a kind of a weird time like 93 i think it must have come out 94 or something like that uh, but it was weird yes 93 it oh, was weird to hear a band was it 92 i thought it'd be 93 whatever it was yeah. but it was weird to hear a band get heavier you know they got a little heavier and a little crazier right because epic was so big and I almost thought their next record was going to be like lighter, like extreme or something like that. You know, like they were going to have a ballad and, and try and do whatever. But it wasn't like that. And to hear Mike Patton, you know, I wasn't like a huge Mr. Bungle fan. Yeah, and man. I know, you know, where Mike Patton came from. Um, but to hear him get down like that on the record and be so dynamic, like you could hear uh, Lane... Lane Staley be dynamic in the way that he is on his record, but it still sounds like in the vein in which he is, but everything from like midlife crisis to caffeine to that song RV, yeah, be which is like, what is that? Yeah. Like, yeah. All you know, stuff, I mean, and, but you know, you want to talk about dropping the right first single. Like when I heard midlife crisis, oh, yeah. I was like, Whoa, I'm like, this is dark. What is this? Yeah. Moody huge chorus uh i i just knew that they entered like the next level you know <laughs> like they were just so like i don't know they were one of those bands that you know they were definitely like a jane's addiction where you're you're like okay you're a little bit of everything but you're i, I don't know those those bands really did change uh a lot of the landscape you know like it just you hear no one was doing fucking uh, records like that, man. And uh, nah, they the with the... every in... no god. Okay, well, with every incentive not to do it. I mean, there's got to be pressure. Like, hey, you do another epic. Let's hear, a... yeah, let's hear another epic. Let's hear another. Let's hear a ballad. Let's hear whatever. And they're like putting in samples and keyboard sounds, and Mike Patton is screaming his head off. And they're probably struggling to figure out what the single is going to be, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's midlife crisis, you know, so I, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's an important part of all of it is like the risk that you take to do something like that. You know, they weren't loved, you know, when they were opening for Guns N' Roses during oh, that tour. God, I can't imagine. Yeah. You know, and, um, I just, you know, hearing, when I hear back and I listen to Angel Dust, I just, I hear corn. I hear all different bands that just took took from that that took took years you know to um for bands to catch on to it's one of those records that I think it 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 took some of those bigger bands you know like like I said like corn to catch on to yeah to they, emulate they uh you know they they birthed a lot of styles you know because every every single band that that listened to that record just went back to their own corner. They did their own thing, yeah. um, you know. And that's another band with, with a great, you know, the the Patton four album run there was great. You know, real thing, yeah. To that, and it, when I listened to Album of the Year and um, King for a Day Full for a Lifetime, it wasn't until like years after 
because I was like, oh, Jim Martin left. I was like, ah, whatever. I don't give a shit. And then when I went back and listened to those last two records, I was like, holy shit. I'm like, these two records are just as good as the first two. I'm like, how is that possible? I fucking wrote it yeah. off. And I and I, when I went back, I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, I love these records. So very cool stuff. Yeah, I could say Mike Patton is one of the few people. It's not an emotion I feel often, but I legitimately, it's about musicians and, and life, but I'm legitimately jealous of that guy. <laughs> like, because not only like he could just sing whatever, whenever, and it'd be incredible, like just, just bouncing from band to band, just touring, you know, and now he can pop into Faith No More and make a, make a nice chunk of change, but then he can go do smaller things that he wants to do. And, um, you know, then he does scoring. He's done just all different things. And I'm like, see, he just seems like it's not a struggle. <laughs> it is seems amazing. like he loves it. Yeah. Like, you'll yeah. be like, oh, I'm going to go a great do, life. do a band, you know, Dead Cross, hang out with Dave Lombardo. I'm going to go fucking do yeah. some vocals over this Executioner <laughs> DJ album. Um, I'm going to do Lovage with Dan the Automator. Like, he just, he's, yeah, he basically does his own thing. I'm going to start a label. I'm going to sign Chris and yeah, Rick I'm as a label. <laughs> he doesn't seem to get caught up in, um, you know, any trend or any um, bullshit that we'd always see uh, with artists or he doesn't, you know, no drug problems, no arrests, but he's, you know, they, there's a lot to it. And I'm like, that's a good life. <laughs> you know, Great life. it's like Maynard, you know, like it's same <laughs> exactly. thing. Exactly. A bunch of different things. Yes. You kind of duck in, duck out. It seems to all work out real nicely. They seem to work hard. And, uh, you know, it's not like, ah, oh, this is my fifth wife, 14 kids. No, you know, Maynard. I'm doing that faith no more tour. Cause I got to, pay off my bankruptcies you know? no it's Maynard, like, Maynard is doing the same you know just making wine you know and then yeah. being in four different bands when they send him some music he's like alright let's go on tour for like a month you know you figure Mike Patton Maynard Sammy Hagar and Dave Grohl and Chris Enriquez those are the five people that have yeah. the best lives <laughs> I agree I agree those guys are doing better than everyone so um, alright let, let's cut it off here um, okay. I have a, a bunch of shit. Um, it's funny cause I told everyone, I was like, Oh, I'm like, we'll just do 15, 20 minutes. I'll put together like a 60, 70 minute episode. I have about three hours. <laughs> oh yeah. I might. Yeah. Not... I was wondering about that. Well, you know, in theory, I just figured, you know, I, I don't know. I just figured I'm like, Oh, you know, I talked to Parker for like 10 minutes. So <laughs> just, he was the easiest one. He was the first. <laughs> You know, and then I talked to Langan, same thing, like 20 minutes. We talked about like the, the RZA first premiere thing that they did on Instagram yesterday. And yeah, you know, that's about it. And then fucking, man, the last, the last two have been two hours. So I might not even, I might just set the levels and just, cause everything that we talked about on everything is fine. I, I just don't want to sit down and edit three hours. I might yeah. just let it ride and just be like, eh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't can't think of anything in our conversation that um probably need to edit. You know, yeah, whatever. You didn't call me anything nasty, so it's cool. Nope. <laughs> but the day is young. Yeah. <laughs> uh cool, man. So I don't know. Cool, man. This was fun. Thank you for doing it. And uh, I'm for sure, asking. I'm sure I will talk to you very soon. All right, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Later.